Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the days grow colder and the nights grow longer, all you need is a nice warm blanket, a cup of warm cocoa, and the smooth sounds of Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loudcast, the ultimate kiss podcast. This is Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks, and I get all my kiss info from the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. It is. It usually flashes. Oh boy. Okay. Is this the intro? <laughs> I can Why flash I... if you like me to. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> anyway. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus and Sunny Hollywood Pony. No, this is not a bonus episode. On another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 92, Van Halen and Kiss. Tom, Sonny, how are you guys? What's up, boys? Sonny, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you? Uh, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight you're going to hear about them. Flash them, and I'm still getting over that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, obviously there's uh, some big news. In uh, our community So who else do we want to get on here with us to talk about it Then our podcast brother, Mr. Pooney um, Obviously we're talking about the death of Eddie Van Halen And um, we'll try to make this a not so much a somber uh, episode But uh, a joyous one, celebration And uh, we will uh, obviously get through a lot of that stuff but as usual, what we usually do is talk about the previous episode, which was uh, episode 91, when we had Baco on, and he was talking about his KISS list. Yes, that's right. His KISS list that he published last uh, July on the Decibel Geek website. Sonny, I'm sure you're uh, familiar with uh, with that list. We always start with our episode poll of the week, which uh, you know our Monday polls always tied into the episode, so... 
we did uh, Baco's top four songs. They were rock bottom, nothing to lose, Detroit Rock City, Deuce. Those are the rankings. Which everyone's favorite, obviously, we all knew it was going to come down to Deuce and Detroit Rock City, and it did. It was Detroit Rock City at 42%, Deuce 35 Rock bottom and nothing to lose came in the rear at 11 and 12. Came um, in the rear. Nothing to lose came in the rear. Did you even figure that out? Uh, see, Sonny, that, that's <laughs> why we have you on here. Exactly. Exactly. I know boys are filthy. well because yes. while he was putting that out, because I was writing for Decibel Geek at the same time, that's how I kind of got started. And I remember reaching out to him doing, hey, do you want to do the list together? And Bach was like, no, I don't think so. And I think that was his way of saying, yeah, you and I don't really have the same taste. <laughs> and he was right when I saw the list. <laughs> yeah. No. What it, would it, you it, like on those four, Sonny? What would you say? All the way. Deuce all the way. Really? I think when we did our first March Madness, Kiss Kiss Madness, what a, what a fun, I forget the, what we called it. Makeup Madness. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think those two were the final two songs. That was the championship. And, and yep. who won? Detroit Rock City. Hence, yep. hence yep. here we go, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think most Kiss fans. I mean, if it, if it comes down to it, most people. I mean, everybody has like maybe their personal favorite. You know, some people say, "Oh, I, I like Mr. Speed" or "Come on and love me" or whatever. But you kind of, if you break it down, it's usually comes down to Deuce and Detroit Rock City, and and that, those are the two most famous openers too. So, yeah, and that was a good discussion as well. Yep, we had some feedback, and we'll try to get through this quickly. But YouTube, your buddy. Marty White. Tom. Oh, boy. Oh, God almighty. My favorite part of this episode was Zeus chewing when a certain person from a three-dimensional podcast was mentioned. <laughs> I believe Baco said the guy's name, and Zeus made a chewing sound. And I was like, yes, suspicion confirmed. I always thought, I always thought those noises for the, were for that guy. <laughs> you know, I thought the posters gave it away, but um, but I was wondering, does your Adam and Eve discount code give me a deal on the same toy Rachel used on Ace? Oh, I just heard it on their site, but I haven't been able to file find oh. it. It's What's it's it? called the Gordon, right? <laughs> no, the Space Gordon. <laughs> he, he's looking for the Gendel jerk-off machine. <laughs> the Gordon. Oh, my God. Oh God. I don't know who Bruce Lee is, but he likes to comment on our fucking... <laughs> on our YouTube page. <laughs> Bruce Lee. I'm first and the best. What does that mean? Be like water. I think that's what he meant. (laughs) And then Craig Broderick said, you guys crack me up. Uh, And we go to Facebook. Good buddy. It's uh, Kevin Jepsen. So interested. Listen to Kiss fans and the songs they love and hate. This one had me screaming at everyone. Everyone is so different in what they like, but that's why they're the best band. Absolutely. John McNair. I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't like Pledge of Allegiance. At a ball game, maybe, but at a rock and roll show, no. I can get preached at at other places. That's not why I go to see Kiss. Sonny, we were talking about, do you remember when Kiss used to do the Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah, yeah. 
I like the the song. I pledge allegiance <laughs> yeah. to the state of rock and roll a lot better. Oh, I do too. I love that. I love. Yeah, I love that doing song. the pledge of allegiance in the show is that's a very. Little odd. It, it was you very. Know, odd. I don't mind it. Like when somebody does it on guitar as like a, oh, yeah. maybe a minute thing in the middle, but yes, I don't need it middle. announced to me. I don't want to feel like I'm in the fifth grade. Like, yep. None of that stuff. <laughs> yep. That was so awkward. Oh my God. Uh, Darren hunt. Great episode guys. Like everything kiss. There are lots of opinions and you know what opinions are like. Love to hear different kiss views, even though I don't agree on another note, you guys should. So come to rock and pod. Oh. Between the pre-event, the expo, and post-event, it's basically a two-day party. If you come, we're doing shots. Oh, Jesus. I mean, of course, we would do some shots with you, Darren. We'd love to do it. We were just talking off-air with Sonny about Rock and Pod. And uh, obviously, it didn't happen this year. They're looking forward to trying to do it next year, right? That's correct. Yeah, we talked about that. Who knows? We might be there. Put it this way. If we're, if we're there, you'll know it. <laughs> it's it's the only You'll expo see. where everybody's drinking at their own booth. It's perfect, awesome. perfect. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Uh, Rick Rare, funny shit. Our favorite, Mister Jack Panaccio. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Panacchio, right? Panacchio. Yeah, hard C. It's not a sh, it's a k. Yeah, but you know those Italians <laughs> like to change that shit around sometimes, right? Yeah, I know. We 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 do that sometimes. Yeah. After hearing this, I'm amazed Kiss had written and recorded over 200 songs and yet still play the same 15 to 18 <laughs> songs every show. Best comment ever right there. Now you can't tell me Paul and Gene only know 25 songs. Ha ha. This is one reason why I don't see Kiss live anymore. Other than that, once again, great show and a great guest. Um, so well, hold on there. Yeah. Now, let me be on the Kiss side here for a second. Mm-hmm. There's over 250 fruits and vegetables at your grocery <laughs> store, but you probably only go for the same eight to 10. So now you're comparing like broccoli to uh, I just wanna. <laughs> I mean, that is. That is definitely a Paul Stanley pun somewhere. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you're buying some fruit, you're always you grabbing get? the you're grabbing the apple or the banana. You're not <laughs> grabbing the kumquat or the plantains. You never know what's gonna have a fruit of bloom in your pants. <laughs> I just wanted to say kumquat during an episode. You gotta do it with a pole accent, a kumquat. Um, I don't fucking know. Tom, anything else do we get? 
Uh, we got some stuff on Twitter. So as usual, our good friend Deuce, who uh, had question of the week last week, too, with Baco. Um, he had some great in-depth comments, as always. Big fan. Our buddy Murph, another entertaining listen. And Zeus is becoming the Seth MacFarlane of podcasts with the different voices. <laughs> um, this is a good one here from Twisted Kister. When I first read through the list, I got physically angry at some of the spots. But as I got deeper into Baco's slotting, really started aligning with my thoughts. Loved hearing him rip Tom and Zeus for not getting it and being too narrow. Now I need to know who got Paul P A W L banned. Well, you have to pay. We'll have to say, say that for our Patreon episode, maybe. Yeah, Paul. Uh, yeah, uh, Baco gave us a hint, but uh, I do got to jump in real quick, Tom. Yeah, you did say something about rip. Uh, speaking of rip, the ripper. some of you lucky somebody. Some of you lucky listeners out there got a kind of a direct message from me because the Ripper had a great photo out today. A little bit of a tilt on the couch. And uh, (laughs) I had to send it out. You guys, it doesn't end. It's still like bad. Poor Ripper. She just doesn't know. I know. We need to get the clip from uh, the grocery store clerk in Seinfeld. The guy that says, you're beaned. You're oh, yeah, yeah. You're banned. You got to find that one. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find that somewhere. You know, this whole place is going downhill. <laughs> I could have come in here last week with a bad plum, but I let it go. Well, I got a perfect solution for you. Take your business elsewhere. I don't want your business. Oh, now you don't want my business. No, I don't want your business. And at this moment, you're banned from the store. You're banned. <laughs> but what am I going to do for fruit? <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, if I give you money, will you go out and get me some fruit? All right, all right, just hold it right there. What? This fruit isn't for you. Why? What are you talking about? You think I don't know, huh? Mangoes, plantains, plums with the red in the inside. That's Kramer. I can't buy mangoes and plantains. All right, get out. You're making a big mistake, Joe. And I'll pay something else. I don't want your business anymore either. Are you saying you're banning me from the store? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm banned. You're banned. <laughs> You're banned. All right. So back to Twitter. So uh, our buddy Zandon Black, congratulations on finding another episode to bury Shandy. (laughs) (laughs) Wesley Beach. I note that he ranked loves a deadly weapon over creatures of the night. Even I have to disagree with that. Oh, okay. And uh, we we know Wesley Beach. We've uh, we've talked about him and his story. uh, Yeah. Kiss kiss uh, connections there. the plasmatic Pla- correct yep this is a great one a new follower canadian cartoonist <laughs> he says terrible list definitely have different tastes in my kiss music so our buddy deuce jumps in to save the day like a good samaritan that's what's great about shout it out loudcast all opinions and lists are welcome yeah they're welcome and they're also welcome to get buried by us so <laughs> um and then our buddy paul tepolis forgive me for saying it wrong he goes great episode you really questioned Baco's list a trial by fire have to love angry Baco and then he <laughs> then he posts a gif of the incredible Hulk who is the guy on Twitter that went after Baco's list and got offended by it there was a guy oh, that was that, yeah that was Mr. John Schaefer yeah that he was complaining that it's stupid and lazy like, he called dude, it stupid guy- and then they got into like a, this 10 tweet exchange. I'm like, okay, you guys get a room, the two of you, and fight over that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like, your argument, you might not like his list, but to call it lazy, 
He was that he wrote out 219 songs and wrote a comment on them. That's not lazy. Yeah, that's the yeah, opposite that's of hard. lazy. You know, yeah, ex- and he he is um genuinely funny guy, right? He's oh, yeah. Absolutely. 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 Right? Yeah. But no matter how much that just naturally comes to you, there's times when you just are dead to it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's times yeah. you're sitting there going, I already said that funny thing. Right? Yep. And then you write this 219 thing, and you start reading it back, it's like, God, for 60 and 80, you have the same thing on it. And then you yep. got to go back and do it, dude. That's hard work. That's not true. Absolutely. Yeah. True. No, and I think I think he kind of debacle jumped in and kind of defended himself a little pretty good on that. So yeah, I'm not it turned it, it, tur- it. It, it turned into a, a respectful kiss discussion, as, as most do, you know, hopefully at the end. At least on our shit, not those. Yeah toxic facebook group. oh god and we got a couple emails we'll read quick uh our buddy tony smith as always i don't care what episode it is but when you get on the subject of the song stand i know i'm gonna get a good laugh i'll tell you my opinion of that song when i hear it i get a jackson five vibe because it reminds me of the song i'll be there when paul does his little speaking in the chorus i start singing i'll be there <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tony, uh, that song is just so bad. Um, oh, it rocks. I love it. And then our good, a big fan, I love it louder. Uh, he starts off with forgive the long email. Okay. And he's not lying. He ranked 45 kiss songs in his email. <laughs> we God love the, it, but I'm sure yeah. the listeners don't want to hear another. Right. List. No, it, it, it's, it's a, so it's, we love it. So keep it up and we thank you for it. Absolutely. It's a great, it's, it was a great email. And he says another great episode, Baco's humor and kiss knowledge fit right in with you two jokers. It is the highlight of my listening weekend to see such a nice long episode. Thanks for the entertainment. Wish you had more than one episode per week as I am now totally caught up. And then he goes on and gives some great opinions and thoughts on, uh, on the song. So he was, the uh, guy that, he was the one that was like, yeah, I'll sponsor you guys. If you want to do more. So I'm sure you have work to do and stuff. Yeah, buddy, you're not paying my legal hourly rate to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, so that that's some feedback, and uh, as always, we thank you guys for jumping in and uh, you know giving us your opinions and, and feedback on the episodes every week. So yeah, so let's turn it over to Kiss News. Tom, do you want to hit the first topic? So there's not not too many huge things going on. Um, there was a recent. Um, uh, pre-order on it was the sound of vinyl but it was the uk version so sound of vinyl has a us and a uk version uh, website if you're if you're a vinyl geek you collect vinyl you know sound of vinyl but sound of vinyl uk is doing a uh, special pre-order for kiss rocks vegas it's it's actually a pretty cool set of course i pre-ordered it um it's uh colored yellow vinyl comes with a booklet uh it's real real nice looking shipping's a little bit extra because you're ordering from the uk website but we i think i posted that in the uh shout it out loudcasters facebook group it was also the anniversary of uh sonic boom kind of did a little teaser there saying this this will eventually be a good uh, album review episode people started talking about sonic boom save it and then recently kiss was added to a festival in uh i don't know was it denmark or something it's called the copenhell festival next june 2021 you talk about an interesting lineup here okay kiss corn sabaton merciful fate down dude kiss does not (laughs) fit in that fucking group of bands right there i mean good for them um 
this is like a really badass festival. Um, it's called the Copenhagen Festival, and that's next June. They're uh, they're part of that. It looks like they're headlining one of those one of those days. So yeah, what's weird is you you find it on Monsters of Rock Cruise a little bit. To Europeans, that probably does fit. I think it's where we are that we kind of follow this track. And yeah, we let other things in a little bit, but yep. reality is we pretty much stick to what we stick to. I don't think Europeans and the Japanese listen to music that way. Okay. I mean, I've been to festivals too. I mean, I, I, I've been to festivals where there's where mixed genre. I mean, I was at Woodstock 99. I mean, one minute we're listening to Metallica and Rage Against the Machine. The next thing you know, there's, you know, club music going on. There's like, you know, pop metal. So, I mean, maybe this is that same kind of thing. It's just a mixed, mixed genre festival, which is good, you know, good for Kiss. That's great that they're still doing those kind of events. The reissues of the vinyls, dude, you guys kill me every time. ACDC's got this yellow bright vinyl coming out on this album that was 43 years ago. And I asked now, the same question. I'm like, does it have better songs? Like, <laughs> I don't understand why we keep buying them. Now, wait, now, Sonny, that's a great point. I will say the, the my defense here is that I do not own Kiss Rocks Vegas at all. Uh, and I actually don't own, I, I might be a vinyl geek, but I am very, very amateur con- compared to some of those psychos out there because... I only own like I own one copy of the Kiss debut album, and it's that 45th anniversary marble, marble swirl. Like I own one copy of Destroyer; it's the orange one. You know, it, I don't own multiple things. You know, I own one copy of Unmasked, and it's that beautiful multicolor splatter that just was released. That came out amazing. But you're right. There, I mean, I've shared pictures before on some of these Kiss groups. There's pictures of a guy. Look at my Creatures of the Night collection. The guy has like 72 versions of Creatures of the Night on vinyl. I'm like, what are you doing? Dude? Was it righty? Yeah. <laughs> no, he has 72 versions of The Curse of the Coconut Man or whatever the fuck that song was. That he Some pirate us. rock. <laughs> pirate rock. Yeah, it was like SpongeBob SquarePants fucking metal album. The Curse of the Coconut fucking Booth. I, I thought it was like the cover of a Scooby Doo DVD. I'm like, dude, what is happening here? Yeah. He's like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zeus, what do you got on your end? Any news? No, I'm just to- like, oh, go ahead. I mean, I have, I have it. If you can see behind me, I yes. ordered it. I, I got the deluxe edition. Yep. Of the CD. I buy CDs. I'm still yeah. buying CDs. I will yep. pay extra to buy a CD copy of something. I need something physical, but I want a CD. And then what do okay. I do? I download it, put it on, and then put it on my iPhone and then play yep. it in the car. I just need to have the physical copy, but I listen to the stuff in my car or, you know, at home, whatever, using a, a Bluetooth connection speaker. Okay. But, you know, I just don't get the vinyl stuff, buddy. The guy that has the five different colored versions of, fucking rock and roll over oh yeah what are you in the mood for i'm in the mood to listen to something orange <laughs> yeah, give me that like what what's the fucking difference you're not going listen by colors and shit Ooh, you know what it is it, honey it, honey look look you're my wife look look i got a i got a fucking pink version of fucking ace fraley's solo album oh that's nice now put that thirty dollar fucking thing back in there and put it in the corner and never listen to it again. What's the it, point? It's funny that you say that because there's uh, I'm I'm in some like nerd like Facebook group with like vinyl yes. geek. Get those nerds! Nerd! nerd! And some some guy posted this thing. He's like, yeah, the the mailman 
keeps coming to my house and delivering vinyl you know he, guy orders yeah. him off ebay or whatever and he goes finally the, fi- the finally the mailman goes what do you do with these after you listen to them <laughs> The collector's item. Yes. To my kids. What I mean, seriously, seriously, the psychology of a collector. If you're not a collector, it's hard to explain to somebody. Like I've always been a collector, whether it was like you give me something to collect and it's like a disease. And right now the disease is vinyl. It's just, and it's I, a bad I, thing. We, I know we have them, you know, listeners that are collectors and things yeah. like that. But like at some point when you die, buddy, your yeah. family is going to take that shit and fucking throw it in the trash. Like unless you have a son or daughter that's enjoying to collect this and you're passing that on, it's literally going to get thrown in the trash as soon as they fucking bury your ass. Like what? Well, I I hope they don't do that to Sonny and all of his guitars behind him that he's got hanging on the wall. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But his family could sell. It's a guitar. They it's easy. You think people are going to be like, Oh, here's a rare Don Russ fucking Peter Chris era fucking baseball card that's worth ten thousand dollars that somebody will pay for it ah throw it in the rest of the trash with everything else are you are you saying that a colored swirl of ace freely trouble walking on vinyl is it going to be worth anything when i'm old (laughs) come on man no he's saying it's not worth anything now (laughs) (laughs) that's also true (laughs) no for me it's uh it's an ambiance thing all this shit i got in my room i know people have seen it all line yeah. uh i've got a job sometimes that is just a real pain in the ass mm-hmm. so i'll be sitting in my room going okay this is why i'm working and it has gotten me through some shitty days it's <laughs> true yeah. right so i've got my office is even set up with some stuff that's it's not as much as this but there's some stuff in my office same yeah. thing so i'll go in my office go all right why am i doing this job again and yep Hey, it's the, I it's the same you. thing. I, I I have yet to share pictures of my 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 setup in the basement. I mean, maybe I will. I don't know why I haven't. But it's it's the same thing. You come home from work, or you come home, and you're just like, all right, this is just this is my space. It's my stuff. It makes me feel comfortable. It, 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 I enjoy this. I enjoy the music and the pictures and the guitars. It's my thing. You know, this is a separate episode that we need to do. <laughs> I will explain it to you guys because you and I've said this before to you guys. You guys are married. You can't have a room like this and be a single guy and yeah, be like, "Hey, come on, come on over, honey, and fucking look at look at these toys." Why you didn't see four, you didn't see forty year old virgin? <laughs> exactly. This was in my living room when I was boss. You guys, she's uh, picking me up in an hour. Oh. Drag, dude. Wait, wait, she's, she's picking up from here? Yeah. That's fucked up, man. Why? Why? Seriously. I mean, look at this place, man. You gotta you, you got see this through the eyes of a woman, you know? What, what is she gonna think when she comes in here? Oh, look. He's got a billion toys. So what? I mean, more video games than a teenaged Asian kid. All right. Is that the $6 million man's boss? It's Oscar Goldman. Why do you have that? That's worth a lot of money. That's much more valuable than Steve Austin. Well, that may be the case, but none of this shit is sexy, okay? I'm not trying to be sexy, man. I mean, there's Asia? You framed an Asia poster? How hard did the people at the frame store laugh when you brought this in? They did not laugh at me. No, I hear you? Because you like Asia. You guys cool it with the gay. Why do you have that? It's worth a lot of money. (laughs) 
Hey, these are worth a lot more money in the box, you know. <laughs> is, is that Peter Chris? Is that, is that Peter Chris's solo album? No. Why is that frame? How hard did the guy at the frame store laugh at you when you exactly. brought that in? No, exactly. no, no. You're you're way past that. Person comes over and says, Who's that? That's Peter Chris. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. That's what. Oh God. See, you're right. We we have we you know what? We have not done a merchandise slash collecting episode yet. No, we have to. We have blow we my fucking head off. Like exactly. that's why that that's anyway. why we're doing it. That's why we're oh, doing it. Anyway, any anything else going on in the news that we want to talk yeah, about? Any, plenty uh... of other stuff. So, hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You already mentioned Sonic Boom came in out came out. Yep, yep. Um, we got to talk about our friend Kick Speed, uh, Ten Speed, uh, knocking out his kickstand, fucking bike BMX bike riding pandemic now prescription. Paul, yeah, holy fuck balls! He is out there on the Ten Speed with the helmet, the close up photos, the lectures in major effect, and now. Literally, he's put on his lab coat and he's talking about all sorts of like narcotics and steroids, wink, wink, uh, what you people should take, you know, chasing the neighborhood kids about, you know, not wearing masks. Pandemic Paul is like fucking in full effect. Yeah. Prescription pharmacist Paul is just it's a bad look. It, it's it's a bad look. And it's funny because his tweets are the kind of thing 
that he would attack someone else of like, oh, now you're a doctor. Now you're a scientist. We need to trust the professionals to th- that. What they're doing is, is accurate. But no, now Paul is like six milligrams of dexamethasone daily for 10 days as protocol for COVID patients. And re- dude, shut the fuck up and get back to bunny hops on your mountain bike. OK, really stop. Stop. I know you hate Trump and that's fine. You have the right to hate Trump. I know he got COVID and you have the right to hate him for that. Dude, you are Paul Stanley. Now you're a steroid prescription expert. Stop. You're not going to jump in with John Legend, Taylor Swift. You're not going to be one of these star celebrities that people are going to quote and put pictures on Entertainment Weekly or whatever. And be like, look what the stars are saying. You're not in that category. Stop trying to be like a critic in like that someone's important whose opinion is asked or or or, or wanted. You're just yep. not. We talk about this all the time. Dude, yep. you know, you fucking wrote thrills in the night. You're not no one cares what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got too much time on his hands. See Agreed. now, all of a sudden, how many people like orange juice? It's not so bad, huh? When he says it every night, because at least true. it keeps him busy. Right. But being on the fly and having access anytime you want to talk to people is a bad drug for that dude. That's what it is. And, but you how know many, what he has? How, he has how sick of fan fans though that will oh. jump. Oh, you're so bright, Paul. Oh, you're so handsome. Oh, you're so smart. Yes, Paul, go tell them. Like, oh my god. Well, that's why those are the same fans that when he says, how many people like tequila? They're like, me, me. They're the same people. <laughs> but that's <laughs> cool to like alcohol. Like, well, yeah, now, now, well, now it's like, how many of y'all like a taste of dexamethasone? Ow! <laughs> how many of y'all fasten your seatbelts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then his other picture, 15-mile ride along the beach, counting my blessings. Corny? Maybe but every day is a miracle. <sighs> but his face looks nicer. I said it to you. He doesn't like, it's not like all banged up anymore. It looks like nice. He looks handsome. Banged up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have, like, I have a theory. Like, I go ahead. I, I think he's doing all this stuff outdoors because his family's telling him, if you're going to do that shit, get the fuck out of the house. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Sonny, you might be right. He might be walking around. You think we think his Twitter is bad. He must be walking around his house doing this. They'd be like, Paul, get on your bike. Go out. Just fucking go pop wheelies. Get out. Paul Stanley family banter in the middle of his house. <laughs> All right. Who's got the rake? We got some chores to do. Oh, yeah. So you got to bring it back. Oh, who drank all the almond juice? <laughs> oh, God. And put this carton back in the fridge. Oh, seriously. This air is expired. We need some fresh juice. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't worry, honey. I'll get it. And he's got his little fucking... Bike with the basket in the front, like the Wicked Witch of the West, where she's on the bike and the music is going, and he's fucking putting out wheelies to fucking get himself some groceries. That's oh, pandemic, God. Paul. But we also get a tip of the hat to our our good friend of the show and Sonny's best friend there, Mister Jericho. Thirty years in wrestling business. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see the episode. I taped it because last night I was watching the debate. Sorry, Chris. 
But I saw he had a lot of tributes there. I guess Paul was one of them. They gave him a tribute. Hey, Chris, P.S. here saying congratulations on 30 years. Getting to the top, that's tough enough. But staying there, that's where the real muscle comes in. So from P.S. to C.J., congrats. Uh, um, Lars, you know, like you just... You you know you've got this talent, and uh, you know if you don't want to wrestle, you've been doing it for like thirty years. If you want to get into the you know like the rock business, yeah, that's, he, that's he, Lars. He was, he was there. I didn't see the rest of it, but I saw some clips of that. So congratulations, Chris. And I followed most of his career. You know when he was at WCW and when he made his first night of appearance on Raw and, and WWE, and he fucking first comes out against the Rock, and he was just. Fu- Awesome. And, uh, you know, good. God bless him. And about as nice as a guy off camera as can be as well. And Sonny Cooney, <laughs> what a piece of shit that guy is. Now. Uh, mm-hmm. Tip of the hat. And he's a big, you know, obviously legendary with the, the Kiss Army. And, uh, uh, you know, his friendship with the band and stuff is great. And, um, you know, friends with uh, a lot of us podcasters. Uh, really all around great guy and Sonny's buddy. And so uh, we tip our hat to him. And he's also got a, a new book coming out, right? Yeah, he's got <clears throat> he's got a new book called The Complete List of Jericho, 30 Years of Smashes, Matches, and Hits. What an awesome little tip of the cap to his KISS fandom right there with that title. So it's The Complete List of Jericho, available for pre-order at Jericho30.com. Um, it's a collection of every one of the 2,722 matches he's ever had, rare pictures and more. If you order now, you get an, an exclusive 90-minute audio podcast as p- part of your pre-order. So that's that's our buddy Jericho. So check him out on all of his social medias, Twitter and Facebook. But you got to love 30 years of smashes, matches, and hits. The got to love the kiss tie in there. How do you not have a headache? By being body slammed that many times on a mat, because he'll tell you physical injuries. Because he'll oh. tell you he wasn't body slammed that many times. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like it's a physical sport; it's a lot of work. God Dude, when we him. went when we, when we went to that match, and 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 huge kudos to Jericho, and we were up front. Dude, whether I, I was like exhausted watching these people beat the piss out of each other. I mean, fucking falling off ladders, throwing fucking tables at each other and shit. I mean, it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. a lot of work. I remember Goldberg, you know, Goldberg, the wrestler. Yeah. yeah. He played professional for the Atlanta Falcons. And he said, yep. it's not even close. Conditioning wise, it's harder to be in wrestling. To go at that speed, to pick up another 200-something, 300-pound man, throw them down, get up. You can't walk to the other end of the ring. you got to fucking run. Like yep. To have that, that's a lot. And he's still doing it, you know, at our age. Tip of yep. the hat. God bless yep. him. Exactly. So, anyway. Sonny, any news, anything on your mind, Kiss World, that you that you came across this week? Or uh, we, do we did we cover everything? Or what do you think? No, nothing that I saw. Um, okay. You know, just the Eddie thing. Okay. Yeah. And we're definitely going to spend time with that. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about our, our sponsor, Tom, but we, what we decided to do is just to tell people to go fuck themselves. And uh, <laughs> yes, if they wow. want to use at adamandeve.com, they can just use the promo code loudcast, right? Yeah. That, that's pretty much our new, our new ad read. It's just go fuck yourself, but do it courtesy of adamandeve.com <laughs> promo code loudcast. 
<laughs> yeah, they have some specials there, lubes, all sorts of fun gadgets. They have some free products you can get if you use your promo code. But yeah. as we said, go fuck yourself. Exactly. At adamandeve.com using promo code loudcast. That's our Isn't new that a little for- bit better? Yeah, I think it's it's just better. I mean, and and I know people like the the spicy movies, so we'll we'll throw that in there too. The spicy movies are still there for you. Okay. Uh, well, let Sonny say it. Sonny, what kind of movies can you get? Spicy movies. <laughs> Six of them. <laughs> oh, God promo almighty. code loudcast. That's right. But, That's right. You know, let's get uh, you know get a little bit serious here. And the reason we're doing this episode. No, we were always thinking about doing this at some point, uh, but obviously the news broke about uh, Eddie Van Halen and uh, passing away from cancer at the age of, I believe, 65 um, broke all our hearts. Um, and we thought about this and there is a tie in. We are a kiss podcast. So, you know, if knock on wood, somebody famous dies doesn't mean, you know, it affects all of us, but we can't talk about it here. But there is a tie-in with Kiss, and uh, especially Gene. And so, you know, before we could get to that, me and Tom both talked about it, and we're like, okay, we got to get Sonny on. Sonny is a huge Van Halen fan. He knows about the tie-ins with Kiss. And uh, God bless you, Sonny. You dropped what you needed to do, and you decided to come on with that short of notice. You're here today. Uh, let's uh, Let's just go around and just quickly say, What'd you think, how you heard about it, and, you know, your initial, you know, reaction about it? Sonny, go ahead, buddy. Uh, Initial reaction, it's terrible to lose an icon. There's no doubt about that at all. Was it a surprise? Not a ton. Um, There's been stuff in the news about Eddie not being uh, the most healthy guy over the last few years. You know, he joked it off that it was the steel picks and the brass and aluminum that he he used to put in his mouth when he's uh, finger tapping. I'm sure the chain smoking three packs a day for X amount of years did not help the situation. Um, Van Halen's pretty tight-lipped on the camp. Like, they don't let a lot of stuff out. I thought it was wonderful that Wolfie is the one that came out pretty much immediately we know that there was, you know, TMZ kind of picked it up and threw it out there. But Wolfie was going to field all the questions anyway. And it just shows you how smart the kid is and just say, you know, let's just get in front of it. Look, it happened. It's done. Don't ask me any questions. It's, you know, my dad's gone. Right. And that's the quickest way to take it away from him and just let people mourn the way they mourn. <clears throat> For me, I'm not the guy that goes and changes the Facebook profile to a Van Halen picture and, I'm not the guy that, oh, I got to listen to Van Halen today. I'm actually a little bit the opposite. Like, I haven't listened to any Van Halen uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of days because I'm just like, eh, let it sink in a little bit. Uh, when Prince died, it probably hit me a little more because I'm really, you know, Prince is my number one guy and Van Halen's not in my top 10. But I get it. The guy is iconic. And uh, it's just, it's sad to lose somebody so young. That's, um, and I, it's cool that, uh, you never really hear anything bad about those guys and all of the tributes and the messages and all that stuff that's being shared out there. Every time you see a blue check mark with a Twitter person saying something, you see the 5,000 loves and the 400 retweets. Like it's, it's something that 
rock the world. Hell, it was on the ABC this morning. It was on ABC News. I can tell you, nobody in San Francisco, when you know coronavirus and fires are going on, cares about Eddie Van Halen. But they had it on the news today, so um, it's set. Yeah, I mean, I don't like you said. Uh, you know, it wasn't that big of a surprise. I think. I think anybody that's in the music camp, you know, like we are, you know, we, we knew that there was something going on with Eddie. Um, we weren't sure exactly what it was, uh, but that doesn't make you know the 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 gut punch any more shocking when when you see it to to that 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 realization uh, that finality um that you know arguably the greatest guitar player that ever lived maybe people have their personal favorites you know you can get into one of those those bar fight arguments like you do with a sports argument you know I, I, somebody said it great you know the best argument about music is who's the second greatest guitarist in the world because no one's going to argue over who the the number one is you know, for me personally, I have a different relationship with Van Halen than you do because Kiss is my band when I was five, six years old. My longest running memory of music after that is probably Van Halen and seeing them on MTV in 1981, you know, right when MTV kicked off. And, you know, it, it's weird because like there are certain like Van Halen's always been around. I, I feel like Van Halen's always been around for me, um, you know childhood adult i mean my family likes van halen it's my son's favorite band he loves kiss but van halen you know he's got a shirt he loves the band he was so excited to see david lee roth open up for kiss when we went to the show and play van halen songs you know my wife's a fan of you know like everybody likes van halen in some way or another it's not like oh van halen oh, yeah it's i'm not crazy about those guys whether it's hagar roth whatever you know, and they're and they're they're one of those unique American bands or bands in general where it's party music. They all you always have a, a positive memory or a positive experience with Van Halen. You know, th- their songs are just put you in a mood again. Whether it's Roth or Hagar, they're just a special kind of band. He was just an iconic person. Never in the news. No tabloids. I mean, for God's sakes, I think the only tabloid I ever remember about Eddie Van Halen was when he married Valerie Bertinelli, and that was big in the yep. '80s. She was a big TV star. People talk about that smile. He he smiled when he played. You know, it, it, it's it's just a tremendous loss. It affects people differently. This is a big deal for me. It kind of brings you back to when you're a child and you discover music, and you're like, Jesus Christ, these people are our heroes are dying. And, you know, it, it was, it's a, it's a big deal to me. You know, I, I, I deal with, you know, with, with Prince, that was a huge, huge deal for me, Sonny. Like it was for you. Prince was a big part of my life. Van Halen is, is a, was a bigger part of my life. Um, you know, and seeing the outpouring, I think piles on the emotion even more, you know, every branch of music, everybody was honoring and paying their tributes to him because all these guitarists out there right now, they, they know that if it wasn't for Eddie, they probably wouldn't be there. You know, and seeing just the heartbreaking photos by by David Lee Roth coming out and Michael Anthony and Sammy and it, it's it's just tough. And like you said, I think it was perfect that Wolfie came out and, and did it. And you know, Valerie Bertinelli came out and did a, a wonderful tribute, and uh Janie Van Halen did a, a wonderful tribute. Just real shocking. And and you can see the impact he had because, like you said, it's on the news. You know, CNN, ABC, you know, World News Tonight is talking about Eddie Van Halen. And I think that's just a, a wonderful honor. Play his music and, and keep those memories that you have. You know, whether you're a kid, high school, college, everybody's got a Van Halen memory. So, Zeus. I'm like Sonny. I have a fondness for Van Halen. I've always liked Van Halen. But I'm not the type that's going to change my profile. I'm not blasting Van Halen. 
the one that I can think of the most that probably hit me that somebody died, and I'll never forget it, is when you told me Kurt Cobain died when I came into my dorm room. I remember exactly where we were. You walked in. I'm like, you're full of shit. And I went to the radio to find like a radio station. I found like BCN at the time or AAF, and they were playing it. And I'm like, motherfucker. Because we all had our new bands that we liked, and a lot of you guys gravitated towards Pearl Jam in the place. I was the Nirvana guy. And when he died, that hit me. But that's, you know, I'm younger then. I was in college. You know, this sucks. My feelings of Van Halen, just like you. When I, this is another band that my older cousin Mike, I, I think of the same cousins that got me into the big four back then. And that was Kiss, ACDC, Van Halen, and Ozzy. Those are the, like, I remember the, I just remembered learning those bands from them. And I remember the MTV videos. I'm not talking about Jump in Panama. We, everybody remembers those. And then obviously the Van Hagar, epi, you know, stuff when they were just dominating. I'm talking about, I remember the concert videos. So this that's, is love. That I was me. Pretty woman. Yep. I remember those and be like, oh, this is the band my cousins are talking about. Yep. But I didn't own those Van Halen songs. I knew them because I knew them from the radio. I got more into Van Halen and I knew the hits from 84. I got into Van Halen when 5150, I was a more Van Hagar guy. And not, not that I didn't like Diamond Dave, obviously, who doesn't? But I, and I and I and I was saying to you earlier, Tom. Today I was like, I I, I like the hits better with Van with David Lee Roth, but I like the albums better with Sammy. I think mm-hmm. they're more, more deep. But that's me. Um, the thing is, obviously, the smile and the cigarette dangling either in his yeah. mouth or on the top of the guitar. Yep. And you know, it's sad. I always say this stuff to people that smoke. And I, you know, I have two grandparents that died, two grandfathers died from smoking. I say this to everybody, you know, people say, oh, what do I give a shit if I die at fucking 90 instead of uh, 92? It's not that you die at 90, 92. It's that you're suffering from like 75 till 90. And so is all your family and everybody else around you. That is the problem. And and I'm not here to fucking kick a man or anything like that or bitch about smoking i'm just we all know that it's there and if i feel like an opportunity to bring it up and maybe say something because i I, i've always been anti-smoking because i know how fucking shitty it can be to people um and but you know it's eddie is legendary his reputation and there's nobody that would ever say anything bad the one thing i remember specifically bunny halen is when like grunge took over or when thrash metal got big, people would shit on hair metal bands or shit on this guy. All of a sudden kiss isn't heavy enough. And that. have you ever heard anybody or a thrash guy or a grunge guy ever say, Oh, Van Halen, that's pop music. Oh, that's pussy music or anything like that. Or have you heard the opposite? Have you ever heard the pop people be like, Oh, Van Halen, that's fucking loud. That's awful. They will love the melodies. They'll love it. Like Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen is the one guy that I can think of that was universally loved. I know he had a little bit of inner band turmoil, but I'm talking about fans in rock music and hard rock music. I, I said this to you earlier too, as well, Tom. I think it's him 
and Ozzy and hard rock and metal, the two biggest icons probably left. And now it's just Ozzy. If they pass is the biggest news. I don't think there's anybody bigger. I'm not talking Robert Plant, Mick Jagger. Those are rock and roll classic rock. They're not hard rock metal type legends like Eddie Van Halen or Ozzy. I think those two are. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that real quick. But the other thing is, you know, the generosity I heard about him. There's not a guitar player that hasn't said that they liked him before the news broke of him. That I wouldn't hear about him doing donating guitars. The story of Dimebag Daryl, where he like took his original guitar and and he's like, no, 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 we're not painting the, the replica with him and burying it with him. We're giving him the original. Dimebag was an original. He gets the original guitar. Yep. Fucking what's his name? I watched the thing I told you about icons or was it legends on Jerry Cantrell was talking mm-hmm. about it. He's mm-hmm. like, my guitar, it was an Eddie original. Eddie gave it to me, got stolen. Eddie like got me a new one, sent me a new one. And then they eventually found the guy that stole it and found the guitar and got it back. And Eddie and him were laughing and talking about it. Like anybody that's a guitar player always hears like, oh, Eddie gave him a guitar. It's like, what the fuck? Boy. And, 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 I, I, like, you know, it's just amazing. There's never anybody saying anything bad about them. You know, his reputation was outstanding. He transcends like our music into pop music, into like pop culture. Everybody knows Van Halen. And you may not be your favorite guitarist, but it's just one of those critic things. You cannot sit there and say, ah, Van Halen, I don't like him. Ah, he's not a good guitar. Ah, not my style. Like, what? There's nobody that bitches about him. Like there are other guitar plays and stuff. Like you can talk about this. Nobody I've ever heard say those things about Van Halen or bitch about him. And in the end, I, I just find it that he is. It's a sad day in music. And it's a sad day that we didn't get the chance to see them get back together and have that one last tour and the one last get together, which I hope will give some of those bands that are still fighting with original members and all this stuff. Wink, wink. A chance to just get that shit out of the way And life is too short But I will uh, I will Turn it over to you guys And uh, ask you what you thought What you think about that comment about the Aussie thing And, and Van Halen Sonny <clears throat> Yeah uh, let me start with I've got one problem with Eddie And I, I just wish it would have been different It's not really anything he did really wrong I just yeah. wish it was different he had the opportunity to put another 10 albums of music out there Absolutely. from 93 to last year, right? He just either didn't feel like it or maybe he had writer's block. Maybe he didn't think it was necessary. Maybe he didn't want to go through the work. Who knows what it was? But he could have been one of those guys that has got 20, 30, 35 albums worth of music that nobody's ever going to forget. Because there's so much out there. Now, you could argue that what he put out there is more classic because he doesn't have a ton of other things. Okay. Van Halen could have been and may still end up being one of the biggest bands in rock history, but they would have cemented it if they would have continued to put stuff out, continue, because they're were, they were really off the face of the earth, really, for a big chunk between like 96 and what, 2015? Like yep. huge chunks where they were gone, right? So 
Uh, let me jump on one quick thing, Sonny. So I, you know, through the Van Halen stuff late night, going through stuff, I saw a YouTube clip, and I think it was the guy from MTV, Chris Conley. Is mm-hmm. that his name? Mm-hmm. Did a, a YouTube clip where he was at Eddie's house and looking at Eddie's studio. I don't know if you've seen this. And they're going through it, and Eddie's got his in-house studio, and he's talking with them, and he's got some, like, creepy old man in the corner. He goes, oh, that's my engineer. He's, like, fixing all his guitar. He has all these guitars in his basement. All this. It's like you're almost in a junk dealer's place. He's like, oh. And then he goes to this wall, and there are hundreds of music, like, lined up. And he's like, are these are all tapes. He goes, yeah, they're all stuff. He goes, I had this stuff all organized on a drive, on a Radio Shack drive. This is, like, obviously 15, 20 years ago. And it crashed. And he's like, oh, oh I can't figure it out now. And he's like, the only one who knows this stuff is me. So I'm curious as what you're saying is, did he ever go back and categorize all that music and figure out what's there and digitalize all that stuff so it's available and can come out? Dude, you got to see it. It's amazing. I will send it to you. And it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And you know what would happen then? You know, Eddie, you can get a vault your own. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, Sonny, you were oh, saying, yeah, Sonny, yeah. Sonny, go ahead, and then I'll jump in. Sonny, go ahead. Yeah, from the icon conversation, I agree. Uh, Ozzy is definitely an icon. I would say three others would be close, uh, maybe a level down. Angus Young, at yes. least in this community, is going to be a big one. Yes. David Coverdale at some point no. will be big. Yeah. No and John Bon Jovi, because they've got women connected to them, right? These. All these guys that are talking about Ozzy and Eddie and let's say if it's Angus, it's not a huge female audience. The female audience, if you want to talk about those guys, John Bon Jovi and Coverdale are going to end up on that list. White I think you're is uh, nowhere uh, near the level of like not uh, here. Yeah, but still album sales and stuff that he's not that big of a legend compared to those. Angus, I will give you Bon Jovi as well, but Angus is still, you know, obviously too one of those not uh, not in the public eye. He's not a social guy. He doesn't have vid- everybody knows Eddie, and he did come out and he had the videos and stuff. Angus did his thing in the videos. Bon Jovi kind of abandoned us, and he I, left. I, I, our I, stuff. I, th- I, I think an- another icon uh, is Steven Tyler. Um, yeah, I think, I, you know, you know, I, th- yeah. I think, I, I think, and 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 sometimes the way I measure. The, you know, the icon of it, you know, I, I, I'm with you a little bit on Aussie. The, the only thing that I that that makes it a little different for me is I look at Eddie Van Halen and I'm like, OK, like my mom is 77 years old. She knows who Eddie Van Halen is and a handful of Van Halen songs. My wife, my 16 year old son, like, yeah, they know who Aussie is. I think Ozzy, like a lot of people like laugh when you hear Ozzy, like, oh yeah, he's that crazy guy that bit the head off the bat, or he's this guy who did that. Like every, when you think of Eddie Van Halen, you, you, you think of the music, you don't think of tabloids or you don't think of a girl that he was banging, or you don't think you think of Van Halen, the guitar. There's not a lot of guys out there that can kind of have that kind of mass appeal through and, and cross the gender gap, the age gap, the that just that general society gap that Eddie Van Halen can do. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but you're right. I think Angus is big. But that's why I think Van Eddie Van Halen is the bigger 
of the Aussie and all that. Yeah, I think well, he is bigger. Yes, I think he's the yes. biggest one. Yes. Because as you saw, like even people like I thought he had problems with Billy Sheehan or Steve yep. Vai. I thought they always felt that little competition when Roth band came out and stuff. That's how it was portrayed. But I never read about, you know, maybe behind the scenes if they were really friends. Dave was trying to say my band's better than Van Halen right now. But they're all like all the guys that are considered the greatest right now, with the exception of like, I didn't see anything from Clapton or Page. All the big names were all heartbroken. All the biggest name guitarists are like, you are the legend. You are the God. You name the big name guitarists in hard rock. They were all like bowing down to him. Like, no, 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 no. You are the guy we followed. You are the greatest. And I think two things with Ozzy. A, he's a vocalist. He doesn't play an instrument. I mean, obviously he's iconic. But I also think too, and I mean this, like I'm trying half serious but half joking. I think when Ozzy passes, the first thing out of a lot of people's mouth is, "Holy shit! I can't believe it took this long." Because <laughs> yeah. he's going to outlive the cockroaches. That's why. Right, right, and, right. And, and I don't. I'm not trying to be morbid when I say it, but it's going to be like a you, put- Tommy. It's right. Not shouting out loud, Cass. You motherfuckers. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's going to be like, it's kind of like when Ace, I mean, we love Ace. It's going to be like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe he's still, you know, he's still, hey, what do you mean? Fucking, yeah. You know, but <laughs> my wife and I were talking about uh, Eddie Van Halen and part of it's timing too. So the guy's an icon. He's coming up. He's, he's basically influencing the next generation and possibly the generation after that. MTV comes makes him this superstar rock icon. He marries Valerie Bertinelli, oh, now yeah. ends up being a pop culture icon. Like yep. all of that was happening in the heat of TV, in the heat of MTV. Like if you were a huge name in the 80s to early 90s, you were plastered all over the media that was available. Today, there's too much media available. So you can't like taper it down everybody's kind of a so-so name instead of a big name but somebody mentioned it to me it's like eddie van halen name landing that he passed away is gonna connect with like when jordan passes like yep there's just yeah i think it might have been one of you guys yeah somebody said it and it's like oh yeah greatest of his time yeah and and he was there during the tv right i mean he Mm -hmm. was there when TV was huge, basketball on TV, yeah, people watch it right now. But basketball is not as big right now as it no, was then. But it's also, Sonny, to jump on that, it's when hard rock and metal was at its greatest That's right. popularity. Yeah. He was the greatest. Yeah. And he still is the greatest, if you think and about the, it. And the other interesting thing, too, about Van Halen, and, and our, our friend Martin Popoff said this when we had him on to talk about Kiss, Van Halen, they came out. At an interesting time when nobody was doing what they were doing in 1978, they kind of were the precursor to like that party rock, hair metal, California sunset strip. They weren't posers. They weren't followers. They were creators and innovators. When people heard that first Van Halen album, people were like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? This does not exist. This is not Judas Priest. This is not ACDC. This is not Aerosmith. What the fuck is this? And they had party music. I mean, in my opinion, Van Halen 2 may be the best party rock album like ever made with Dance the Night Away and Women in Love and Beautiful Girls. I mean, no they were doing better. that. It's no way better than The Elder. I, no I, way. I, I, oh. 
I thought you were going to really say something serious there, but no, but, but, but they, they created a sound that didn't exist before. And it laid the blueprint for what we had for the next, you know, 10, 12 years, the good looking singer, the fucking yep. balls, flashy finger tapping guitars, you know, the drum beating the crazy bass. Like, are you kidding me? That and they were is never, it. And they were never considered cheesy ever. No, no, they never sold out. They never had a fucking stupid look. Other than Never. his MC Hammer pants for a little bit, <laughs> those. but like I, you know, I, as you guys know, I'm a big country music fan. There were yep. times in ages in country music where everything got sold, everyone's selling out, becoming more pop and crossover, and then all of a sudden a traditionalist comes back and brings mm-hmm. it back. That's and they they're like, oh, this changed everything. Eddie Van Halen comes out with rock, and the band comes out. What were its competition back then in in that LA scene? Everybody came in after them, following them, going, "What the fuck?" There was nobody doing that. There was nobody make playing hard rock big with with hooky, with melody, catchy sing along choruses, party rock that was hard. We're not talking Boston or Foreigner or Fog Hat or you know we're talking like a hard because Judas Priest. That wasn't party rock. You couldn't like sing along to their choruses. You couldn't do that with Black Sabbath. You couldn't you do that with Iron Maiden. The boys, and you can play it for the chicks. Bingo. Everybody liked it. You can yep. bring it to the party. And yep. the other part about it is that it's so underrated. The music we obviously know, and the guitar playing off the charts, the guitar style, innovative, original, all that stuff. He was a fucking awesome songwriter. Oh God, yeah. His songs yep. were fantastic. Never mind the classics from the Roth era. I'm still talking about the innovation in the beautiful songs he did in the Van Hagar era, too. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. fucking catchy as hell pop songs. Yep. Sunny. Yeah, I'm a more of a Van Hagar guy. Always have been. You know, mm-hmm. I got in uh right at eighty-four. But then the first Van Halen album I owned was 5150. Yep. And Hagar was already my guy. That's right. right? Yep. I mean, I remember that. You're, you're catching me. I can't drive 55 as I'm about to get behind the wheel kind of thing. Right. So <laughs> like, yep. the timing was just absolutely perfect. Um, and I, I liked Billy Joel. And Sammy Hagar was kind of doing these videos that were almost Billy Joel on steroids a little bit. So I was like, yep. okay, well, that's, that's interesting. I like that. And yep. then as soon as he joined Van Halen, I'm like, I don't know much about Van Halen, but if Sammy Hagar's in, I'm in. And yep. so I'm more of a Van Hagar guy. I get the whole David Lee Roth thing. I get the front man thing. Eddie was there the entire time. That uh, Would they have sold as much with David continuing to be the lead singer? I don't know that. I don't know if they could have lasted, to be honest with you. I think Eddie was at his wit's end. And it was it was going to end at some point. It probably ended the best it could have. It could have ended a lot uglier. Well, yeah, it's interesting which, which because it's to a, what we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. Right, right. R- real quick before we make that quick segue, I think it's funny how most bands before they crash and burn. I shouldn't say most, but sometimes the material. I mean, you look at Kiss. Like we're Kiss fans, so like. You know, we like Dynasty. You know, I like The Elder. I like Unmasked. But that was when that band was in disarray. You know, Van Halen was in disarray and put out probably their biggest commercial album ever with 1984. And and, and then and then their lead singer leaves. And then you get, you know, 
it, it's kind of, it's kind of like with 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 ACDC. I mean, that was different. Top ten hits, number oh, one right. songs, number right. one bon albums. That was different. But you're right. I mean, their, their last, you know, the, the the band was like falling apart, and they made their biggest album. You know, I just think it's an amazing feat of what they could do, and that's. And and one quick thing, and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of move on to the to what we we're going to talk about is, you know, most guitar players are just like egomaniacs, narcissists, especially when the band is named after themselves. And Eddie was never that. Eddie was never that guy. And I just think that's another thing that for him to be, you know, for people to be proud of as an Eddie fan, it's like, yeah, I'm Van Halen, I'm the guitarist, but I'm still going to do all these different things. Like Zeus mentioned, the generosity and and you know different things with singers and band members, you know, his brother was the drummer and, you know, he, he just, I don't know. He was just, he was just a different kind of guy. And uh, I think people, people respect that and they're, they're acknowledging that. And uh, you know, it, it's a loss, but the music will be here forever. Yeah. So let's steer this back to what we were going to talk about. And that is Van Halen and kiss um, before we get into, you know, the relationship there, obviously there were some, condolences made tom do you have those who can read those i do so um gene simmons first put something saying my heart is broken eddie was not only a guitar god but a genuinely beautiful soul rest in peace eddie and not long after that gene put out about a 30 second clip of just I, I, we we shared it i just the most raw emotion breaking down choking back the tears because it it was like the words weren't enough. He wanted people to hear him, and you could tell the the affinity he had for Eddie and, and the and the passion and the respect and the love that he had for Eddie um, when when he did those posts. Um, Paul Stanley came out and said, "Oh no, speechless, a trailblazer and someone who always gave everything to his music, a good soul." I remember first seeing him playing at the Starwood, and he was Eddie Van Halen. So shocked and sad. My condolences to Wolfie and the family. Bruce Kula came out. I am saddened to hear the news of my true guitar hero, Eddie Van Halen. He expanded the landscape of lead guitar playing and took it to another level, like a turbocharged muscle car, leaving everyone behind. I was very influenced by his emotional lead playing EVH rest in peace. Ace freely. Eddie was a friend of mine. I'm very saddened by his passing away. So young in life, my prayers and condolences go out to his family, friends, and fans, a great and innovative guitarist. God bless Eddie. And then Tommy Thayer, who is a lead guitarist says, so sad to hear this. That's the tweet. Yeah. It's almost like David Lee Roth's tweet. Yeah, very well, underwhelming. It, I don't know what it, that's about. Here's, but. here's a, a lot of people would jump on. Here's the way I interpret that is that I think he felt the need to acknowledge Eddie's passing somehow, but I don't think he's at that place yet to put into words. I think that's why he's posting yeah, pictures. You, you might be right. Yeah, I think that's why he's posting pictures, because I don't think he's able to do the word thing yet if he ever does it. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. I, I know my first instinct was to be like, oh, wow, David, that's it. But then it kept, then I saw him do it a little bit more, and I was like, okay, maybe he's just trying to he's going to express himself through photos. Maybe I look at it that way. So obviously everybody in Kiss, um, you know, sharing a lot of things. Then Gene had something, um, a quote. He said, "Here's a piece of advice for all of you: grab the nearest Generation X or Z or whatever the hell they're called. Grab them by the ear, take them away from the stuff that that's being played, and sit their asses down." And let them hear Van Halen 
So they understand what greatness is. And that was Gene. So, um, you know, and that's our, that's the segue here to what we're going to kind of get into Zeus. If you want to take it away and, and kind of lead us down that road. Sonny, any thoughts about the condolences? Yeah, I think it's tough for like the Dave and the Tommies of the world. Like we were talking before, I got to sit here and deal with it however I want. Yep. Right. I didn't put anything out didn't put any pictures out. I didn't really do anything with it because I get to handle it the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Dave does that. He never hears the end of that shit, right? He, yep. Everybody on the planet's doing condolences. I'm sitting here. I was a lead, lead singer and I don't do nothing. Right. And if every other member of Kiss is going to do it, Tommy could just got to sit there. So they almost get forced into doing it, Tommy, like you said, before they're ready to do it. And then they do something and then people can look at it a lot of different ways. I think you looked at it the right way. It's like, this is what he said. Yeah, that's it. But maybe he's not ready to do something. But people will take that as the gospel. Oh, he must not have liked Eddie. He must have been, you know, right. he was scared of Eddie or he was intimidated by Eddie. Dude, everybody was intimidated by Eddie. <laughs> right. Right. So no, I get it. I get it. Um, again, I just thought it was a little underwhelming, but doesn't mean you, you guys have a point. You made a good point about the fact that, like, let me just put something to acknowledge in this and I'll probably circle back to it later. And I right. can do it in my own time and pace. I don't when people tell me what's well, good enough for me to warn, mourn my friend. Right. I, I get that. So yep. now we get why, you know, the, the, the emotional part, uh, those messages were great. Again, <clears throat> Paul doesn't reserve those for members of his own band only for other people but with regard to gene this was personal and he was on entertainment tonight he was on uh the guy pierce morgan's thing in in england he was on a bunch of shows talking all the most praiseworthy comments about eddie van halen and so let's come back to the real main story and uh, I think, Tom, you can kind of set this up. I, I believe Gene talks about it in his own book mm-hmm. about how, you know, they met in Kiss or Gene met with Van Halen and Eddie. Yeah. So Gene talks about it in his books. Um, we'll, we'll get into it because if you're a Kiss fan, you know the connection, the story. Um, Gene was at a club in 1977. He was at the Starwood. Um, they were going to see a band <clears throat> called The Boys. And there was an unknown band at the time called Van Halen, who was supposed to be the opener. Um, you know, Gene, he saw them. He said they were okay. People liked them. Um, but Gene was like, I, I see something in these guys. He, he went backstage, uh, went over to them, introduced himself. And he said, quote, I went right into business mode. I wanted to know their plans. Um, they told him that they had a potential backer. Uh, and Gene said, please do me a favor. Don't sign with these with these people. I'll fly you to New York. I'll produce your demos. Um, and he did that. He signed them to a contract to his Man of a Thousand Faces Incorporated, uh, kind of his little record thing that he had. Um, brought them to New York. Um, he says, I bought David Lee Roth some leather pants, belts, and platform shoes. And uh, and he produced their demo at Electric Lady, Electric Lady Studios. Um, about 15 songs. Most of them wound up on their first and second albums. Um, a lot of them were arrangements done by Gene. And after that, he tried to convince Bill O'Coin uh, and the rest of the guys in Kiss to sign Van Halen. Nobody was really interested. Bill O'Coin thought Roth looked like uh, too much like the guy from Black Oak, Arkansas, which was a big band in the mid to late 70s. He to- Gene said he told Eddie 
you know, that he was going to try again after Kiss went out on tour. It was right around the time of the Love Gun tour. Um, within two or three months, Van Halen got picked up by Warner Brothers. The rest was history. Gene, being the consummate good guy, the businessman, he said, Eddie, go for it. I'm going to tear up this contract. Just go for it. You know, we talk about that part of it, the demos and how he found them and signed them. And you wonder, in this, this part of the story, you wonder what would have happened if Bill O'Coin signed them. If they became, if they went to Casablanca, a, a, a label that was barely surviving on the backs of Kiss, would Van Halen have lifted them up? Would it have changed the course of Kiss? Who knows? Comments on kind of this little, this part of the story here, and then we have more to add too. So one of the things I want to add to your story is yeah. Gene was dating uh, the lady who was Liv Tyler's mom and eventually started dating uh, a bunch of other rockers, obviously Steven Tyler and had, yep. You know, B-B- their daughter B-B- Buell, I believe her name yeah. was BB. Yep. And she was the one that's like, Oh, come see all these bands. Yeah. And he said that he was going to see the other band. And then he heard guitar sounds that sounded like there was like four or five guitarists playing on stage, all stuff. And he's like, Holy shit. This is one guy doing this. This is insane. The rhythm, the the front, the lead guitar, all one guy. And he was like, this is insane. And he talks about it in a lot of the interviews he's doing now. He talked about it in his book and his other, the two books that he wrote and other interviews that the sound is what first got him. So I want to jump on the fact that he's all excited. He goes backstage. He gets them to do all this stuff. He sees what Van Halen is. And I bet you Paul was like, I don't see what the big deal is about the guy, the lead singer. And probably with all his jealousy, was like, fuck them. Fuck David Lee Roth. How do you not? Ace was too fucking stony. He ain't getting in the middle of that shit. But how the fuck did Bill O'Coin miss out on that opportunity? And how bad must he have kicked himself not seeing what Van Halen, Van Halen, we love Kiss. Van Halen's a bigger band than Kiss. I'm sorry. They are. Van Halen would have done better for Casablanca and Pillacoin than Kiss. And they didn't do it. And I just somehow, maybe it's the fucking negative person in me, think it has to do with Paul. Sonny? Yeah, I got several questions about this. This yogurt manufacturer, what are we talking about? Yo Play? (laughs) What are we talking about? Dannon? Activia? I know, I love that. Yogurt manufacturer. manufacturer? Sounds like a money laundering for the mob, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but (laughs) now, you know, we talked about it on one of the bonus episodes. They went and opened for Black Sabbath and they basically killed Black Sabbath. Yeah. If they were to up on Casablanca and start opening for Kiss, Paul's ego wouldn't have been able to take it. And Ace, just like Black Sabbath looked at Ozzy saying, uh, we gotta do something. Paul may have been looking at Ace earlier saying, uh, we're going to have to do something. When they're not touring with you, you don't have to pay attention. When they're touring with you, you got to pay attention. I think that could have been a big problem. Paul's ego couldn't have taken David, that's for sure. And I don't think Ace survives even as long as he did. Uh, That maybe ends earlier, and there's no way they take 78 off. Not after they, they tour with... Um, Van Halen, let's say, there's no way they can afford to take 78 off because they're Casablanca's hearing what's about to come and they're like, oh, hell no. You cannot get off the road right now. 
there's a yep. band coming that will kill you. Um, so I don't, you know, Gene, I, the whole, I helped with some of the arrangements. Like, eh, come on, dude. Like, why do you have to mention you bought leather pants for David Lee Roth? So because you could say he looked better in them than you? Like, I don't understand. Maybe like, look at up. their image, their image, the sex symbol. He made them like, you know, trying to say. And plus, they, plus, plus, if you can attach yourself to a band that became one of the biggest in the world, you, it's, yeah. you know, you, Gene, like Gene, the, the biggest Gene's biggest fan is himself. So if <laughs> like, he can, if, like if he can roast, stroke, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Yes. If you I mean, if he can stroke his ego a little bit and, and you're right. It, th- see, this is the problem with Gene, Sonny, is that w- this could all be 100% true, but because we know Gene, we're like, ah, shut up, Gene. You know what I and, mean? And the problem is Eddie and the, well, Eddie would be the only other person except for Dave that can say really anything about it. Right. Alex and, Alex, yep. well, Michael's not there yet, so Alex is not going to say anything. So um, Eddie can't say anything now. He never really refuted it, honestly, yeah. right? No, and that's true. He did end up selling his or uh, getting his demos back. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. And Roth, even if he told you it was or it wasn't, he's such a joker. You don't know if he's serious or not. So it's like it's a dead story. Like he, you can't refute it anyway because you don't know if it's 100% accurate, so you have to assume it is, I guess. But the friendship endured, and David Lee Roth is with them now, and the friendship with yeah. Eddie and Gene yeah. lasted. So at some point, either Eddie laughs about it and goes, yeah, yeah, sure, Gene. But even Gene says, look, I didn't really discover them. Like, they weren't going to be found. Yeah, I yeah. was the first one that was like, holy shit, let me jump on this first. But he, you can't discover Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, in, in that Seinfeld episode when he's like, Jerry's looking at George. like, oh, who's your favorite uh, favorite explorer? George is like, oh, DeSoto. He's like, well, what did he discover? The Mississippi River. Oh, yeah, like they weren't going to find that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you like Magellan? Oh, yeah, my favorite explorer. Around the world. Come on. Who do you like? I like DeSoto. <laughs> Soto, what did he do? He discovered the Mississippi. Oh, yeah, like I wouldn't have found that anyway. <laughs> you know, like you said, like, you know, somebody, Eddie Van Halen was good. It's not like a diamond in the rough that like, hey, you're not going to believe this guy. Like Eddie Van Halen was going to be a friggin' star. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you. So they brought the band back. They were doing the demos for him. Gene made the demos. Obviously, he ended up releasing them. Van Halen goes on to do, I don't know pretty good for themselves <laughs> but when he brought them to new york gene had some of his own demos and he asked the band to come in and i believe it was alex and eddie mm-hmm. all right didn't need david i don't think he needed a bass player right so they came in and they performed on three songs of genes three of them which end up on the vault those three songs end up on Kiss albums. The songs end up becoming Christine 16. It becomes Got Love for Sale and Tunnel of Love, which goes on Gene's solo 78 album. Do you want to talk about that, Sonny, and what happened? And you were at the vault. You own the vault. Do you want to talk about what it talks about them and those songs? And and then we could talk about the, the songs themselves. We will not play the songs <laughs> because we've lasted this long. We are <laughs> not going to have the wrath 
of the demon come after us and squash us and play his fucking vault music on this podcast. We talked about it and then uh, quickly realized how the fuck is that going to work? <laughs> so, no, we're not going to play it. We suggest you get a copy yourself legally and listen to them. We'll discuss those songs afterwards, but talk about the demos that Eddie and Alex did with Gene. Yeah. So it's the three songs you mentioned, uh, you know, I went to the first vault in LA and the buzz was really about the Van Halen songs, right? Nobody had heard them. Um, I remember, I think they were playing them in the background, maybe a little bit. There was a couple of questions about them. I was really fingers in my ears. La 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 la. Like I didn't want to, I'm like, I need to be in a mood in a place to hear these three songs for myself because I knew that they had a Van Halen tie in on them. Um, it's the first three songs on the third disc. Um, there's a couple there's about three pages of commentary that, uh, Gene puts out and we'll probably talk about that commentary a little bit. And the story sounds like Gene wants to release these songs. Eddie really wants the masters to those original 15 song demo. And they basically just traded. That's, that's kind of the, how the story goes. And that's how we got him. It was a pretty even thing. Um, Eddie really has nothing to be ashamed about on these demos. There's nothing that's going to make them look bad. So it being out there, um, doesn't matter to him. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the soloing. Oh my God. Some of this, I'm like, okay, that's your an ace and ace can do that. <laughs> right. Yep. I remember, um, when we got back to the room, so my brother and I went, we got back to the room. I had my computer with me. So the first thing I throw in is the third disc. Right. And Danny doesn't really care. He's, it was an open bar. So he was feeling pretty good. So I'm sitting there and, uh, I'm listening to these three songs. And while he's behind me snoring, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> like for like 10 minutes. Cause that's about how long those songs are. We went to the Vinny, uh, thing at the, uh, kiss expo in Georgia. That was a couple of weeks later. So I brought those songs with me and we had a party at uh, Karen's house, Joe's girlfriend, and everybody wanted to hear the three songs, right? And everybody's hooting and hollering. There's like 10 or 12 people at the house. And I remember Aaron Camaro's like, everybody shut the fuck up. These three songs are about to play and I need to hear them without you dumbasses talking. So like everybody shuts up after like three hours of yapping. So we could listen to these songs for 10 minutes. And I, I wish everybody on the planet could hear them. I hope Gene puts them out on Spotify or does something with them, or maybe he wants to do a charity for cancer and you can only get them X way and the money goes to cancer or something to get these songs out there because there is a legion of fans that want to hear them that have not. And I think they're incredible. Yeah, you're right. It's too bad. I mean, you know, kudos to you that you were able to to go to that. Um, you know, but the, it, it's 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 an exclusive, limited experience. And I'm a massive fan of demos. I have a couple of bootleg Kiss demo albums. I I love them. I love hearing the raw sound of them. Some of them are exactly what they became on the studio. Some of them are songs where you can be like, oh, okay, that's how they got Colin Doctor Love or whatever. Um, these demos are great. It, it, it's still, you could tell it's still a, a young Eddie Van Halen, but that solo, 
those solos on Christine 16 and gut love for sale, you know, Ace freely had to be pretty much directed by Gene to be like, Ace, do it this way that Eddie did it. And Ace is like, ah, and I mean, look, I love Ace, probably my all time favorite guitarist. You know, you, no one's going to match Eddie. Even Ace wasn't going to do it at that time. Um, but it, it, it's unique, you know, that they, they cut these three songs and all three became well known. I mean, maybe Tunnel of Love isn't well known, but they're all, you know, these are all, these are all kiss songs. And uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. And there was a side story too, where I guess when, when Gene had these guys um, in the studio doing this, I get when David Lee Roth found out about it, um, he was none too happy because he he was convinced that Gene was going to try to steal Eddie and Alex away from the band and, and bring him into kiss. Oh my God. Imagine that. That could be another what if episode, but um, Zeus, what, what do you think about what we're talking about with these, these demos? I think Sonny should have, when they, when they're everybody shut the fuck up, you should have fucking slipped in. My uncle is a raft. <laughs> <laughs> and Stanley the parrot. Stanley the parrot. L- and Lita. Like, <laughs> and Lita. And people will be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah, I listened to the track. So let's talk about them, really. Yeah. So we'll start off. Christine 16. I would say you can tell just as much as Eddie, you can tell Alex. I I can pick up his drumming. On these songs, and it and it mm-hmm. shows the guitar, and I just you know it's the demos. I love a raw guitar sound, mm-hmm. and you can tell it's not Ace, <laughs> it's Eddie Van Halen, and I I'm just like when I was listening to it, it's almost like you're I, I felt like a little kid again, sneaking in and getting HBO After Dark movie. Like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be listening to this. It was like that cool. Like you got in, you got in on something that no one knew was there, and you found it, and it's yours now. And you're just like, holy shit, holy shit. Um, I absolutely love Christine 16. I love this version. Uh, it's a little different. I don't like the backing vocals on this. Mm. You know, obviously, it's not the refined kiss backing Christine's. You know, the piano is in a lot. This is a lot more rocking. And the solo is, it's Eddie Van Halen solo. So that's what I yeah. think about at least Christine 16. Guys? Yeah, no, I think the version is, um, the, the solo is ridiculous. It's like you said, it's Eddie. Uh, but it still has a lot of what we saw in a lot of Kiss demos was a lot of that high borderline falsetto. Like, you know, Christine, you know, it was a little bit higher than what you got on Love Gun. Yeah. Um but the, but the rawness of the song and that that solo is, you know, it's Sonny. You said it great. You know, I just you just wish Kiss fans could get their hands on this. Or you know, I don't I don't know if you've already said this real quick as a, as a sidebar, Sonny. Were there was was there an issue? Did you say it was like you know I'll trade you these three for these studio demos? Did you did you talk about that about why it was like why weren't these on the Kiss box set back in uh, two thousand two thousand one? Yeah. So it. Looks like Eddie had to say the okay to put them out there. Okay. But Eddie wanted ma- his masters for the 15-song demo that Gene had done for them okay. in 76. Okay. So okay. that was the trade-off. Okay. So, Christine, 16, thoughts on that compared to what we got on Love Gun? Yeah. So, you know, Gene, there's no spoken word on the demo, right? So mm-hmm. the spoken word comes later. 
Yep. There's a conflicting story out there, and this is what Kiss is all about, and Van Halen just doesn't do this. So there's people out there talking about Eddie did it in one take. Then there's a conflicting story that David Lee Roth was there. Eddie, Eddie did several takes to make it simple enough for Ace to play, and that <laughs> David Lee Roth had to do translating for Eddie on what Gene wanted. So like Gene was talking to Dave about what, what I want, and Dave's trying to tell Eddie, no, 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 dude, you got to make it dumber. No, you got to make it dumber. No, 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 dumber. You kind know of like us, I'm in, talking about us in, the, in the trivia games we play with you, Sonny. <laughs> dumb it down. No, 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 no. It's Zeus, Tommy, and Murph playing. No, 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 no. Dumb it down. Yeah. Yeah, these guys ace. can't add. Yeah, these guys can't count. Make it dumber. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's ace. No, no, no. Too sophisticated. And what's interesting are the two guys who are in charge of the band believe it's on one album, but everybody else on the planet believe it's on Love Gun. But Paul and Gene believe it's on Rock and Roll Over. Oh why do God. they? Why does Gene believe that? Because it was misprinted in the vault book. It says. Well, you it just said. Well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just said it was misprinted in the book. Was it a misprint, or did Gene really say it? <laughs> I don't know. And Zeus, the concert that we went to, real quick. So we went to. Uh, it's a Rock the Nation. You know the Correct. live. Yep. The live CD that you can get. So after we yep. saw them in Mansfield, I've had this CD. It's one of my favorite fucking Kiss CDs. I play it all the time, and it's always been there. And it's my own private hee <laughs> giggle. Yep, it's this. Comes off rock and roll over. This one's called Christie Sixty. Yep, that's Paul Stanley saying from rock and roll over. Christine 16. What the fuck? Why do both of these idiots say the same thing? I don't know. And I why mean, it, why isn't the release police correcting them? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, you you're right, but it, it's weird. Like it's it's almost like was was Christine 16 supposed to be on Rock and Roll Over and it's like, you know, the Mandela effect that they have. It's like, "Oh yeah, that was on Rock and Roll Over." Cuz how did the I don't know. It just it is why weird. Why do both they, of them fuck it up? That's what I mean. Yeah. It, it's amazing, but Anyway, anyway, so that's Christine 16. Then we move over to one of Tom's favorite, a deep cut, Gene, and we talk about gut love for sale. I will say the same thing. Raw, a lot more rocking. I, I'm not sure. I think I might like this version better. That's insane, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, it, 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 I'm it's- done. Okay, no, I again, I love demos, but again, this has some of that falsetto, you know, what the God love for set, like that, like almost like that Beatlesque harmonics that Gene loves to do on some of his demos. Um, the song rips, the solo on this is just uh, Ace's solo is awesome, but again, Eddie just burns it up on this one, and um, it, it's just, I think it's just unique that two of my all time favorite songs were demoed by Alex and Eddie, and Eddie just. He just burned it up on this one. Sonny. Yeah. The demo, the verses are a little bit different, right? Cause uh, yes. there's a part of the first verse missing and part of the second verse missing. That's different on, uh, the actual recording. Yep. I will say ACE does a good solo on love gun. He does. There is no way he could replicate the solo that is on this demo. It's not doable. 
by maybe anybody we know. Right? I'm sure Ace heard that go, oh, fuck. No. There's yep. no way. What, Gene? I can slow it down for you. Ace says, you can stop. I can't do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's no way. And it's Ace's solo is good. And maybe it brought the best out of him to know that there's a solo out there that is like, wow, uh, I can't do that. So I guess I got to go do my best. I'm with Zeus. I think I like the demo better. Oh, I think boy. it's raw. I think it's different. Yeah. You know, again, because I, I we we're not we haven't reviewed Love Gun. Mm-hmm. I like the song. Uh, this is just something different. I'm used to it. It's the, the vanilla, right? I know oh, yeah. lo- got love for sale. This yep. is like, holy shit. Give me this raw version. And it's got Eddie Van Halen on it, too. You know, and Alex. No, I, you're I, right. I just like it. It's yeah. just something different. And it's it's new. So it mm-hmm. tracks me. I, I really like it. Yeah, it's the shiny new car. It's a, the new the new thing. And like you said, having Eddie Van Halen on it. And it's it's got that raw production that mo- that demos have. Yeah. Then let's get to Tunnel of Love, which ends up on Gene's solo album. I will tell you this. It is a different song. It is Mm -hmm. not the same song. It is way more rocking. I like it. It doesn't have that real slow breakdown in the chorus. Tunnel of Love. Tunnel of Love. You know, know, it's got Alex and Eddie. (laughs) It's a rock song. It's not a fucking, what the fuck is Gene doing here? But it didn't have that weird solo. I was thinking where it goes, like in the in the on the solo album. Solo album. Yep. Yeah, that one long note. Uh, it's a different type of solo completely. Yeah, this is a demo where uh, I, I I might be like you guys on some of the other songs. I I mean I I I'm on record as saying I'm a fan of Gene's solo album for the most part. I like Tunnel of Love. But the demo, it, it, it gives it a little bit more balls because a lot of what's on Gene's solo album doesn't have any balls, including Tunnel of Love, even though I like it. Uh, but having Alex and A on this and the demo version, I think this is uh, a little bit of a more rocker. And, um, you know, I, I like it. I mean, it's still cool to see how, how this song transformed into going onto Gene's album. Uh, but I think the demo is, has a little bit more teeth to it. Yeah, supposedly... Van Halen was already doing Firehouse and Rock and Roll All Night as part of their stage sets when they were yeah. playing live. That's right. Go I don't you. think I've ever heard that on on any kind of demo or YouTube video or whatever. I need to go find that. But you know that exists. Seven, oh. Yeah.
solo album has got joe perry on it and i'm telling yep. you eddie smokes joe on the solo that that's another one where gene's that guy joe why don't you play this and joe's like dude fuck. no i know who is that who played that i'm not playing that you know who i am I'm and joe i perry. believe i don't know if joe perry made it remember i thought there was some controversy there we talked about it if whether they kept joe perry's version on there because he, they didn't like it as much and they put somebody else on that song yeah. So, yep. uh, uh, you know, it's Eddie Van Halen. Right. No <laughs> one's going to be able to do what he's doing. And you're talking about two of the all time greats and Ace Frehley and Joe Perry. And, and they're like, I can't do it. Stop. I can't do that. Yeah. It's and just something different. What right. drives me crazy about these type of demos is so, like, the first verse and the second verse, the second, the second parts of both verses are switched 
on the demo compared to the final release. Yep. It's like you did that, and supposedly that was supposed to make a difference, which it doesn't sound any different to me. But you let some other dumbass do the solo? Like, why don't you just cut the demo solo and put it on there? Right. And just give Eddie credit, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 a good point. It's a good point. And and is I it, think. Go ahead, Zeus. You were gonna no, I was going to say, is it the payment? Yeah, I Could be. Like, I, I think you it, know, paying him off, Eddie Van Halen at that time. Now we're at the 78. The, the album's just come out, so I don't know how I'm, much. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, And maybe at that point, it's like, here's your masters. For that. I mean, Joe Perry you was know, on Radioactive. And he's already in the studio, so maybe they're like, ah, it's fucking use him. It's Joe Perry. <laughs> I mean, a, I mean a, a question I have, and you know, I don't, I don't know if there is really an answer other than Gene just wanted to do it on a whim. Why, why did he, you know, where is Paul and Gene and Peter and Bill? What, what, where were they, and what were their thoughts and opinions on on Gene cutting demos with two guys that aren't in the band? Yeah, but that used to happen all the time. Like we yeah, had that, all kinds of doing that stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of history about they would bring songs that were basically complete to the studio because you know they weren't saying, ah, "Go ahead, Ace, go ahead and put your uh, spin on this." Oh, uh, huh? what? You know what? Yeah, they they figured our, all that out for the our concert. favorite song and probably our at least my favorite Kiss demo, Mr. Speed. Bob was on that, fucking yeah. tearing it up, and no, came right. in is like, "Here you go." So right. at that, by I think by that point, which you know that's a whole fucking topic of conversation. What if they never went to the outside guys and they just went to the studio right. and performed the shit themselves? What I would just think it sound like? I just think it's interesting, and I'm wondering if there is. You know, we will never know, but I'm wondering if in the back of his mind, Gene was like, well, "Wait a minute, maybe I can make something happen with Eddie and Alex here." You know, I mean, obviously, Kiss was on top of the world in 1977, 78. I mean, so. But, you know, maybe Gene saw some fracturing in the band and w- with Peter and Ace. And he was like, well, let me bring these guys in and demo and see what, what, what we got here because their album had just come out. So they were they weren't they weren't huge yet. I just think it's a, it's another one of those things we like to talk about with Kiss. What ifs, you know, yeah, I, I let, think it's got more to do with he heard a sound. Yeah, he's like, all right, that guy's got something. If I mix him in with what I do, what does my stuff sound like all of a sudden? And is there right. magic to be done there? Probably less to do with Ace and all those guys. But Jimmy said in all his books that on his days off, he was continually working. Like those guys would oh, take yeah. days off. He was doing stuff. Yep. And that's when he first started getting into, like, I can do other things. And for me, I'm thinking that Gene's probably like, well, I can have Kiss make me money, but I can manage other bands why don't I have them fucking become huge? They don't need to come to me because by that point in 78, Ace had just done Rocket Ride. He had already done uh, Shock Me. So they're not having real problems with Ace yet. Peter at this point was starting to kind of fucking peel off. He wasn't 79, Peter. And you're not replacing Alex for Peter without taking Eddie. So they're not getting rid of Ace. There's no point to take Ace out of the band. No, I know. I know. So I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, if that's the case, you know, Gene is like, oh fuck, I'll I'll bring these brothers in, and why not help us out? By that point, Gene loves to have his hands in a bunch of different artists and became yes. friends with everybody. So he'd jump on, have somebody come on his album, come in in the studio and help out. That was part of his shtick, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But the 
guys somehow got to get a hold and listen to these yourself. I had planned to buy the vault myself at the, uh, you know, at the cruise, which would have been coming up. Uh, I planned on doing a different vault experience with Tom and Mm -hmm. uh, that fucking concert got canceled in September. So I didn't get a chance and I'm not going to fucking pay for it and not have the experience. Right. Because I, um, I can get copies and I already have them. Um, (laughs) You don't want to go to FYE and drop a thousand bucks. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not spending a thousand dollars on fucking music that I have because I can, I want to see the hard copy. Like I'm not doing that, but uh, you know, I want the experience. I, I do. And if it comes around, I will do that. But there's another aspect. And you guys tell me if you want to talk about something else. In the second aspect that we want to talk about Van Halen and Kiss is the second go around. Yep. Where Van Halen, and that is Eddie, is disillusioned with his band. Mm-hmm. Ace is out. Creatures of the Night is going on. Did you want, is there anything you want to go uh, talk about before we get to this? Or we no, I was re- no, I was ready to segue right into this. Go ahead. Okay. So now we're at the point where Creatures of the Night, they're, they're, they're at this point. Peter's already gone. Ace is gone. They're bringing in all the guys to do all the solos on the album. And here's Eddie. Do you want to take, take over from here, Tom? Yeah. So back in, in 1982, um, uh, David Lee Roth, the story is that David Lee Roth, uh, I'm sorry, that Eddie Van Halen had become a little disillusioned uh, and frustrated with David Lee Roth. Um, Gene says, hey, I, I took Eddie, I took Eddie to lunch and Eddie tells me I want to join kiss. I can't take Roth. He's driving me nuts. Gene said, I remember feeling proud of what I said to him. I said to Eddie, don't do it. Stay with the band that you started. There's no role for you. You're too big. You'll cast too much of a shadow to be the guitar player in kiss. And he went back and he was miserable for the next 20 or 30 years, but it would have never worked. Not even close. So that's that, that's that story. Everybody knows that, that story about Eddie, maybe joining kiss, but just like any good story in kiss, Paul Stanley needs to come in like a wrecking ball and stomp all over Gene. So then Paul, this was at a, uh, there was a Q and a on one of the kiss cruises and Paul goes, no, Eddie Van Halen did not almost join kiss. I think there was some strife in the band. Eddie came to our studio to see what was going on. I remember he was really blown away by the solo that was in creatures of the night. He said, get that guy. That guy who played the solo on Creatures was Steve Ferris, who had a bunch of hits. The guitar play was great. Then Paul said, Eddie was getting into keyboards around that time. I remember he brought some tapes of the songs he was working on. I was like, oh, this guy is unbelievable. Eddie, what are you doing with all those keyboards? And then they start talking about, he kind of stomps on Gene's story. He's like, no, it was never going to happen. Meanwhile, Gene's story is that I (laughs) sat down and went to lunch with Eddie, and I had this conversation and but Paul's like, ah, it never happened. So take that for what you will. It's more, more, more Gene and Paul. But that's why would why would Gene make that up? I mean, we know Gene can kind of maybe add some flourishes to a story. You don't but- think Eddie came in and told him, "Yeah, I'm fucking annoyed. I don't know the band's breaking up. I could leave. Maybe I could join you guys." Like you don't think they just threw it out there? 
What I if I joined it. you guys? And like, you know, they probably talk about it and then for a second be like, dude, you're Eddie Van Halen. What are you going to be now with us? Like, we're going to disguise you? No, you're right. Gene, Gene makes the conversation seem a little bit more, look, I'm really upset with Roth. I want to join Kiss. But you're right. It was probably more like, ah, dude, Roth is a fucking pain in the ass. What's going on in Kiss? You know, maybe I can play the guitar with you. You know, make, you know conversational. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, right, but I right. think it was there. I think it was a discussion. Me I too. He was like. Dude, Eddie Van Halen is now the crow in the yeah. fucking kiss. Like, who's that? What's that sound coming out? Oh, I don't know. It's our new guy. His name is fucking. What the hell is his name? Fucking Vinny's <laughs> fake name again. What's his name? Who? Mick. Oh, oh Mick, Fury. Fury. <laughs> Mick Fury. Mick Fury. Mick Fury just joined the band. Well, that's not Eddie Van Halen. No, his name is Mick. He's from Baltimore. <laughs> Sonny, thoughts on that whole story? <laughs> so I can imagine the conversation going, oh, God damn. I, damn. Roth is a pain in the ass lately. If I'm Gene, I'm like, uh, you think Paul's a picnic? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what, I, that's what I hear happening. Yep. Now, yep. Supposedly, depending on who you believe, there's another living soul that was at that lunch. Supposedly, Vinny was at that lunch. So Vinny knows the story. I don't know if you're ever going to get the straight story from Vinny. How could he didn't talk about joining in front of Vinny? No. What about this fucking aborted fetus that's standing next to us having lunch with us? Yeah, I don't know. What we'll do is we'll throw him out. (laughs) And then Gene even mentioned somewhere what would his makeup character been. So obviously he at least thought about it for three milliseconds or whatever. I guess it could have been the Van Halen logo, the Van Hagar one with the round rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it goes all the way behind you. Um, he was miserable for the next 20 to 30 years. I would say he was miserable for the next maybe two to three years. But you look at some of those videos, and I saw some of those live shows, and 85 yeah. to about 94 didn't seem miserable on stage and on MTV and in record sales. That's for damn sure. Yep. What was it? Live without a net? Yeah. Yes. It was a great I, show. Right? My brother had that. I have on it on VHS. VHS. I have yep. it on VHS. Yeah. I used to watch that religiously with him. Yeah. I knew that album. That's why I knew 5150 inside yeah. out. I, dude, is there any part of that whole fucking concert that he's not smiling his yeah. ass off? Having oh, he always smiles. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, you know what I mean? Not like. Right. Okay, oh, smile. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he was into it. He loved his time with Sammy. He's like, this guy's fucking cool. And real, deal with and, real, and real quick, speaking of live without a net, you know, and get, going way back to what we said at the beginning about th- those, those early concert videos on MTV, that's what got me into MTV when I saw the video for So This Is Love. I went to Strawberries in Medford and bought the Fair Warning cassette because I'm like, I, this is the best song I've ever heard. I'm like, this this band is insane. Like David Lee Roth and friggin' uh, Eddie had like those freaking Pee Wee Herman pants on in the video there. It was just insane. Why? Again, nobody knows the answer to this. And maybe because it was the 80s, the early 80s. I wish there was a legitimate live album Roth era, like a, like Kiss Alive with them. And and then just and there wasn't and it's all bootlegs which I'll probably end up buying Fan, somewhere. But have you heard the probably bootlegs? sucked? There, yeah, no. no well, you and, and you and you took the words right out of my mouth. Roth live, not no. good. <laughs> no, especially recorded live, not good. Not good. 
It's Dude, questionable. You went through Medford and got that shit. Did you? Did you pass a couple fucking stabbings on the way? No, it, it was Medford, not Revere. <laughs> but Sonny, you're right. You're right. That's the problem. Is that some of those recordings? It's like It's like. <laughs> well, even exactly. Sammy says is in his book that uh, live right here, right now, when they recorded yeah. that. They yep. go back into the studio. They're listening to it. And I guess um, uh, Eddie was out of tune a little bit. So he tunes it and re-records some of his part. Well, that that now puts Sammy out of tune. So he had to go back in That's yeah. right. and put vocals down. Yeah, and he's like, well, and he has to pretend he's singing around the crowd. But it's, it's so funny because no fucking live album is recorded on tape and pressed on a cd that this so i mean let everybody me, knows that. yeah exactly let, let, let me tell you how you do it <laughs> you'll get eddie kramer to come on in and re-record the entire thing with crowd noise mixed in <laughs> just in case you don't know this is gene simmons <laughs> from kiss not van halen <laughs> but yeah i i just think the whole story i think it was a conversation Gene listened to his friend disillusioned about his band and probably like, you know, here's Van H- Eddie Van Halen pissed off. I don't know about what we're going to do for a guitarist. Wouldn't that have been awesome if we hired them? First of all, Eddie Van Halen, let's be blunt, is not joining another band without his brother. Right. In my opinion. No. So what's he going to do? Agree. Kick out Eric Carr in the middle of this? Eric right. Carr was dominant back then in Creatures of the Night and stuff. By mm-hmm. then, they no, fucking right. found a great young drummer. That could pay him peanuts. You think Gene wants to split the shit with fucking Alex and Eddie? That's not the other ma- part of this. Not, not to mention, 82 was like when Van Halen was on top of the fucking world. Like, Kiss was not. <laughs> Kiss would have been opening for Van Halen at that time. <laughs> hey, what'd you guys just do? You just played Fair Warning. Let me tell you. We have an album called The Elder. <laughs> you, need, you need to play that, and then you might be able to join my band. Can you imagine Eddie Van? Imagine Eddie and like David Lee Roth being like, "Dude, what the fuck is this? What is World Without Heroes? What, what are you? What is happening here? You know, like, dude, did you just hear that song called Just the Boy? We are get. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Like Roth would have been fine. I think Roth was Roth is smart enough. To be looking in 80, 80, 82, 83 going, there are a bunch of Eddie copycats out there even. Yep. And there's people that are talented that might not be Eddie. But I can go take my name with me and not start over. Like start basically where I'm at, maybe one step behind and be just fine. Right. Um, Alex is done. Yeah, I, I'm with Zeus. There's no way you, you can't leave and leave Alex behind. Like no. that's not going to happen. And nope. and you can't put somebody in Kiss that everybody knows because then the makeup's got to come off right then. Right. Like if you're going to bring Eddie there, then makeup's done right there. Again, what Paul. if we change the band name to Van Simmons? That could work, <laughs> Eddie. Van Simmons. <laughs> you picture Gene coming to Paul and Paul listening to Gene's pitch. Oh. Get the fuck out of here with this shit. <laughs> you can give up your half. I'm not giving up shit. Yeah. And then looks like this isn't going to work. <laughs> Where Time. is that? 
Where is that strange little man called Vincent Cusano? I think he just joined the military as Private Cusano. Private Cusano to you. But no, but you know, kind of, kind of coming full circle. It's it just the 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 connection between Van Halen and, and Kiss is just you know everybody knows about it. Perfect, perfect time to talk about it and, and connect those dots. Give us a little bit of. Uh, time to gush over van halen and, and talk about gene eddie kiss and i think gene's uh social media you know his his tweets and his posts uh, there's just a lot of love and passion there for for eddie and i think that just came out I, gene gene wears his heart on his sleeve anyways when it comes to that he's the exact opposite of of paul uh, paul, Predic- was, paul, paul was predictable paul predictable predictable pandemic prescription paul like <laughs> <laughs> But, it's a lot of pee. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of peas. Wow, get that guy a piss cup with a lot of pee. Speaking but, of peas, I got a speaking of peas. He puts them in his bowl and a sauce. Don't forget. <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, the other big thing about this and just to come full circle and wrap this up is yeah. I find that, you know, Van Halen is at a level in music, hard rock and legendary status. I think Kiss is in that level with them. Yeah. I think there's a few bands in there, ACDC, Aerosmith, Kiss, mm-hmm. and I'll think of a few other ones, I'm sure, along the way. But those bands are in that upper echelon of hard rock metal type music that is above everything else in Legendary. When Gene or Paul go, it'll oh, be boy. it'll be huge, too. It'll get on the news. It will. Um, Absolutely. Same thing. Same thing with Joe Perry or... Or Angus, Brian Johnson, um, Steven Tyler. I, I agree with you on that. David Lee Roth. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar. I think those guys are in there. And they're similar. And unfortunately, though, that, that's what kind of separates them, though. Nobody hates Van Halen. There are a lot of people that hate Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only other difference. But yeah. the old cliche, we always have the music. That's right. That's yeah, right. Because I'll tell you, this death ends Van Halen. There is no way you can go out there and try to replace Eddie and go on. That's not doable. They'll do a tribute concert. You don't yeah, think with yeah, all yeah, the yeah. big name guitarists, yeah, yeah. everybody jumping in, doing like like a Freddie Mercury. You're not replacing Freddie Mercury, but they had that concert where all the big singers, you know, that's how you can do it to be like, we need the top talent. To pretend to be as good as him. We're not yeah. fucking going on tour and doing a tour Van no. Halen without Eddie. But and, remember, and, and, they did end up replacing Freddie Mercury. So I'm talking about the they future, did. right? Like right. Aerosmith, if Steven Tyler something happens to him, God forbid, they could possibly still go on. There is no going on with Van Halen. The talent just passed. It's done. It, it's true, but, but but we've I know what you're saying, but we've seen I don't think it'll ever happen, but we've seen stranger things. They could get they they you know, I'm not saying this is ever gonna happen, but they could go and get Steve Vai or Joe Satriani. They or won't something. do no, it. No, well, they could they, do it. They won't do it. They and why that may be they? And why, that, why, they kill the legacy. It's no Oh no no no. I'm but I'm just I'm just saying if I right, I I already yeah, I, no, I, no, I, 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 I prefaced it by saying it's never gonna happen. 
Um, and I don't want it to happen. I don't want no. that to happen. Alex doesn't need the money. Alex is no. fine. They don't even have a singer right now. They would have to get a singer too. And you know, and um, what do you call it? Um, Michael Anthony is. Yeah, Michael Anthony. It? He's he's got his own gig with Sammy. They're fine. Wolfie and will do some stuff. Yeah, he's doing his own solo thing right now, and he, that's all. That's really the only one left that. Alex doesn't need to be performing, so that that's fine. Let's let his legacy live on that way. Uh, Dave has got his own little band; he's doing his stuff, and that's how it's going to be. And and sadly, this is what's going to end up happening to all our favorite bands. So, with the pandemic, hopefully, it goes away soon enough that we still get a chance to see these guys before it's too late. Yeah. You know? so- Selfishly, selfishly speaking, just one comment, and I was going to bring it up earlier, is that selfishly speaking, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I hope it does. I know when Prince passed away, his estate started uncovering unbelievable amounts of material and releasing it. I would love it as a fan if there was a if Wolfie did that, Zeus, if those things you talked about that you said you saw in that YouTube video, if there was a way to access those, release them or some uncovered live concert or something. I would love to see Wolfie kind of try to get his, his father's legacy to continue to live on with maybe some unearthed, uh, you know, maybe not demos, but you know, some kind of live thing, whether it's a CD, a DVD, a vinyl, whatever. I, I, I want more Van Halen. So, but Sonny, you were going to say something, buddy, go ahead. And my question was around that. So, okay. I know they're not rock. So just go with me here. Okay. If you remember back in the eighties, Natalie Cole did something where Nat King Cole did part of the vocal, right? Yep. So there was stuff yeah. that was recorded and they patched yep. it together. Would okay. you be okay with Wolfie going out there? He's got he's got a band put together and the recordings have solo snippets of his dad playing because that's some of the stuff that's on his shelf. Mm-hmm. And he ropes it into a couple of songs that he does and does the featuring Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Are you okay with that? Because it's Wolfie. The reason I think that is, uh, I would be okay with it. You, you just nailed it. It's the reason why I thought the Natalie Cole thing was really cool. It was a father and daughter. Yeah. I thought it was a very unbelievably moving tribute. Um, you know that you don't have to be a fan of that song, but you got to respect that. That was, it, it, it's chilling. And if Wolfie could, could do something like that, I think because it's father and son, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, Hank Williams Jr. did that first with the Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. They had I mean, some songs that, that they did the, together. They yep. did a video clip, and there was an untitled song, uh, unkind of released song, There's a Tear in My Beer. Hank Williams Jr. and mm-hmm. Sr. sang it together and yep. picked up a lot of that part. And, yeah, you can do something like that because it's family. You can get away with it. Yep. Leonard Skinner can have one of the Van Zandt brothers be the lead singer now and take over for the other one that just passed away. Right. That makes sense. But, you know, bringing in somebody different to jump into Van Halen, it looks like a cash grab. Yeah. You don't want that ugly taste there if you don't need no. it. No. So, no. So, sadly, that, that wraps up this episode. But usually, you know, we like to end and tell people where they can find us. Sonny, how about you, buddy? What do you got going on? Uh, Growing Up Rock is uh, still up and going. We're over 170 episodes. Woo! So we'll do a probably... Uh, proper Van Halen tribute. It may be a little while, but uh, all is good in the grown up rock camp. And then uh, podcast rock cities doing well. We passed 300 episodes and we're nice. live streaming now on uh, Sunday nights. So uh, that seems to be going well too. 
Yeah. Are you getting a lot of girls hitting on you, Sonny, now that they can see you? Oh, my God. I had somebody, we'll show, for name nameless, Uh-oh. blow me a kiss on video. And, oh, God. Uh, I had to explain that. Let's put it that way. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yikes. Maybe maybe yeah, off the they air. Like walk away in mid interview too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Tom, what about us? Yeah, so uh our email, um we always like to read our read your emails on the show or respond to them or do both. Uh shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast gmail.com. Uh feedback, comments, all that good stuff, and then we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we interact mostly on Twitter, uh, but check us out on all the other ones. We have a Facebook group, shout it out loudcasters. Um, check us out there. Join that group. If you haven't, there's a lot of fun going on over there. Uh, the show, we're a part of that great Pantheon podcast network. Uh, we're on all the major platforms. You can find us anywhere. You know, most people listen to us on Apple or Spotify, but we're on all the other ones. Um, and then our buddy Ed from click T shop. He's the guy that designed our really cool, uh, logo. Uh, he sells Shout It Out Loudcast gear along with great Kiss-inspired gear, and that's Click T-Shop with a K. Um, Ed's a great guy, friend of the show, so check out his website and uh, look for Kiss stuff or look for Shout It Out Loudcast stuff. And, yep, as I always like to jump on, we love to get messages from you guys. The emails are the best, but you can send us a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. And we got um, messages, and we usually we kind of skip this out of order just because this was kind of an episode we threw together, but we, we usually do questions too, from your, from your emails and responses and stuff, Tom, we have a question. Let's get to it before we end. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of topical. And I think it was because of some of the posting that we've been doing during this week. Uh, this comes from, uh, Alan from Facebook and it's an interesting question. Um, so sometimes we talk about what we think about Eric singer singing Beth, or black diamond, you know, because those are Peter Chris type songs, topical, topical question here, because we're talking kiss and Van Halen. It's more of a Van Halen question, but it, it's both. What, what do you, if you have a problem at all, what do you have a bigger problem with hearing Eric singer sing songs like Beth and black diamond or hearing Sammy Hagar sing songs like Panama and running with the devil. Who's my answer, there? my answer, I would say right off the bat, I don't have a problem with any of them. Okay, um, no, that's fine. That was the that was the but question. If I was the one that I would probably have, like Black Diamond, uh, you need that because it's a fucking rock. I mean, uh, concert staple. You don't need Beth, right? He doesn't need, and that's really Peter's signature. You think of Peter with that, you okay. know. You don't think of any fucking David Lee Roth saying Van Halen song and be like, oh, that's Dave's signature song. They're all okay. Eddie's. <laughs> okay. So I don't, that's why I guess I would say Eric Singer singing Beth would okay. be mine. Sonny, what, what do you think on this one? I got a bigger problem with Sammy doing Dave songs, to be honest. Um, and the major reason is, and I know we hate that Eric just looks at it like a job. But to me, he's doing the job that he's paid to do, and he's doing the job well. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. Not everybody agrees with that. Sammy has said over and over, I ain't got nothing to do with those songs. I got no heart in those songs. I didn't write those songs. They don't 
I do them because Eddie tells me to, but I don't really need to do them. And he doesn't do them in his own band. He only does Van Hagar era songs because he's not going to do running with the devil because he doesn't have a reason to do it. He -hmm. never wanted to do it to begin with. So to me, Sammy's just going through the motions. He's not even doing a job that he's paid to do. He just does it because somebody tells him to. So then why does Async kiss songs that he wasn't part of? That I got a problem with too. I got a problem with the same thing. It's like Ace, if you want to be your own man, stop doing deuce because it's got nothing to do with you. Oh, no, no. He does like post shit. Like all of a sudden he was doing, uh, what do you call it? Hide your heart and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like what's the point of that? That's like Sammy doing other shit that's not his. Or Or David Lee Roth all of a sudden doing right now. Yeah, for me, for me, I, I, I don't, I have, I, I'm not going to say I have a problem because that's strong. To me, it's odd, it's disconcerting to my ears to hear Sammy Hagar sing "Runner with the Devil" or "Ain't Talking About Love" or "Unchained." I, th- I think, and, and I don't really think it has anything to do with oh, he's singing a Roth song. I, I truly believe that Roth made those songs his own with his vocal stylings. Whether or not you say he's a great vocalist or not, I just think some of his some of his vocal antics that he had i think sammy is more of a straight ahead vocalist and i think the songs that they wrote with him show that on all those albums um i mean i've seen van halen once and it was with sammy they sang panama and ain't talking about love and of course you're at a, you're in a concert and we, we we saw it and you love it but i just i just think it's more jarring to me zeus right. you're, you're I, i've got to jump in here so okay, yeah go ahead the go ahead so when they did 5150, they played that as much as they could through. And then they throw in like two or three David Lee Roth songs. That's why 5150 as an album works. Yes. Then as as Hammy kept doing hits with the band, they can get away with not because it's almost like a different band. Correct. So they can get away with that. Gary Sharon cannot get away with doing a Van Halen concert. With no. Gary Sharon Van Halen songs. He would have had to have done Van Hagar Van Halen songs. That's my point. Because Sammy had hits, he can get away with not doing those David Lee Roth songs. And yeah. he could have said that. If Sammy did one album and it was ah, okay, right. fuck that. He's not doing Running With The Devil. He's doing all those songs. right? Because yeah. those are the songs that are bigger. But yep. he, he brought a different level of success. That's why Bond Scott and Brian Johnson worked. Mm-hmm. I'm sure their first concert, Back in Black, they did as much as Back in Black as they could, but he oh, had yeah. to sing the Bond Scott stuff. Now he can get away with not doing all the Bond Scott songs because he's got huge Brian Johnson songs. That's exactly. what works. Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Sharon, I saw that show. My wife saw that show. She went with me. Mm-hmm. He did a great job on both sides. But they told him to do a job. He went and practiced and did the job with his heart the best that he absolutely could. They I, had I really, I really like his voice. Yeah, they had a little bit of an extreme feel to him because it's Gary Sharon and just mm-hmm. how his vocal stylings are more Freddie Mercury than they are other things. So they just have a little bit different. Yep. My problem with Sammy, and I love Sammy, and I am a Sammy guy, and Sammy's one of my top 10 guys. His heart wasn't in it. Anything you yeah. do, your heart ain't in it. You ever seen a wide receiver run a route and his heart's not in it? Like, it's just <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yep. Yeah. Good. It's a great, great question. Uh, yeah. Good great topic. discussion there. Yep. Awesome stuff, guys. Well, 
Again, uh, you know how to find us. Shout it out loudcast, gmail.com, and all the other locations. And where to find our good friend Sonny, and you'll be hearing from him pretty soon, anyways, with bonus episodes coming up. And you can always catch him here with us. So, but before we leave, we still have famous last words. Let's go to our friend Sonny. What do you got, buddy? <clears throat> you buy the magazine. In between the lines, you see my face. You read my name. And you can have me for one price, baby. You must have heard of my fee. Oh, yeah. That's so great. All right. So I, I kind of wanted to do something, uh, obviously a kiss lyric, but kind of have something and kind of some words to kind of honor our friend Eddie. Legends never die. Just pick up your guitar on your knees and pray and hold your head up high. And on the eighth day, God created rock and roll. Good one. All right. <laughs> talk about heart nutted. Talk about, I was just going to say, talk about your heart nutted. Do we wake you up? I'm kind of getting to character. Oh, here we, here we go. Well, if you're looking for the best, baby, be my guest. I'll be right before your eyes. I'll be telling you no lies. This is Gene Simmons from Kiss saying goodbye. Thank you, Sonny. I appreciate you coming on last minute, helping us out. You're the best. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kiss Army. Sonny, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is a special episode, and we're, we're glad you could join us. Thank you, as always, friend. Pleasure to be here, guys. See you soon. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.